This is Chris. And this is Chris. And we's talking we's to thee. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We's Talking We's to Thee, where we may be tired of sex, but we're never tired of talking about Weezer, but we're putting that to the test today. We are about to find out. This is going to be a whirlwind mega two-part two-part greatest Weezer records and worst Weezer records. We're ranking them, baby. It's finally time. The We's Talking We's definitive album rankings. Uh, why are we doing this? <laughs> well, we're super fucking bored. Actually, we're not. We're both very busy, but we really... Miss talking about Weezer, That's and right. we love stats, yeah. and we love quantifying things. And we've got four new Weezer albums coming our way this year, apparently. So we pretty much have to rank them now, because what do we have? We have got 14 albums. 14 albums. Soon to be 18. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fucking insane. And it's the, one of the most common questions. Every time a new album comes out, where does this fall within your Weezer rankings? And right. we try to kind of wing it and yeah. go on vibe and feel like, oh, I guess I like this better than this. Right. We've always in the past been like, well, you have the top tier. You got your blues yeah. and your Pinkertons and your whites. And then you've got your bottom tier, your black and your hurling. Yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. have your something in the middle. We want to find out wh- who truly is the top of the top, who's the bottom of the bottom, and where the heck is all that stuff in the middle. And for those of you who listen to our Blue Album Battle podcast, which if you don't, you should. It's a pretty good show. I like it. And we see the stats. We know you're not listening to it. Yeah. We love scoring things, and we love breaking it down, and we've never applied that sort of approach to our Wheeze Talking Wheeze show. It's true. It's very, very true. You know, we will say Apart from Blue. Exactly. And this this show, I will have to say, it's going to kind of beg the question, should we change the Weezer record that we pit everything else against to? We're going to find that out. Is Blue... The ruler supreme of all things Weezer. Well, we already learned something about that on our Blue Home Battle. We did. Blue versus Pinkerton podcast, which listen to that if you haven't. But in the spirit of ranking and quantifying, how are we going about quantifying the scores of these albums? That's a great question, Chris. Okay, so we each have 50 points to give these records each, right? Damn straight. I think that makes a total of... You got it. Hundo. Just carry the one. Mm. Hundo! Yeah, yeah, hundo. So each record has a possible maximum score of 100 points, right? Easy peasy. That's the perfect way to do it. So Just like MC Metacritic. Right. <laughs> so that means we each have 50 points to give at five categories each. So each category is 10 points, okay? Those categories are overall song score, production and sound, sequencing and cohesion of the record, musical prowess, <laughs> right, which is the, my favorite one, or overall musicianship, right? And then last but not least, listenability slash recommendability. How likely are we to A, put the record on to listen for pleasure ourselves, and B, recommend it to others as a quality record? So again, those are song score. Let's talk about song score for a moment. Okay. How do we do that? So that's a great question. Basically, every song has a score out of 10. And we go down and, and rank them, one being the absolute worst possible song it could be, 10 being an absolute golden standard. You didn't song. give any .5s? No .5s. <laughs> Me neither, Not actually. for songs. <laughs> Not for songs. Not out of 10, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so every song got a score from 1 to 10, and then we just took the average. And then, obviously, that w- allowed us to have a nice, even, you know, out of 10 for that. And then production and sound, obviously, there's no average of that. We just sort of say, how good does the record sound? Do we like how it sounds? Do we like how it's produced? you know, et cetera, et cetera. Sequencing and cohesion, that's kind of like a hybridized scoring, I think. How, how well does it flow? Exactly. And do the songs work well together? Yeah. I think we had also talked sort of to like, 
the peaks and valleys yeah. of, of the record. Like if we have a record that has a ton of amazing songs, whether it's at the front end and then the back half of the record sucks, or you have a great song and a bad song and a great song and yeah. a bad song. That that obviously what goes is more into, pleasurable and what is less pleasurable. Yeah, that certainly goes into the sequencing and cohesion. And also like do the songs work well together? Yeah. Like are they all stylized well and, and play off and whatever. And then musical prowess, how well did they play the music? Exactly. Are they badasses on this record? Are they being expressive? How's the arranging working? Like That's where we bring into the equation the humans playing music. Right. Exactly. And then listenability. Pretty straightforward. Do you want to listen to it or not? Yeah. It's that easy. That's it. And uh, kind of a first for us, we've combined our scores. Yes. I do not know your individual score breakdowns, nor do you know mine, but I know your overall score for every album, and I've combined it with mine, and that's what's determined these rankings. Yeah. Which is really fun. I know. And and boy, folks, do we have some surprises for you. Hopefully. I, I was pretty surprised by some of these. A lot of it definitely, the grand scheme of everything makes sense. But uh, especially in some of the specific scores, at least for me, yeah. I was definitely surprised by a lot. So. And I'm really excited to hear how your scores broke down. Definitely. Because there are some discrepancies. There's some that's just like, yeah, that makes sense. Like almost like eerily so. Like, oh, wow, we're definitely aligned. I know. And I was very psyched to see how, how similar some of our scores exactly. were in, in particular record. Exactly. Because we talked about this. Not at all. We just, we met a couple weeks ago to establish the criteria and that was it. Exactly. We didn't talk about it. So Went off and did our own thing and did not hang out because we don't hang out when we're not recording. That's right. Because we don't really thing. like each other that much. <laughs> if the mics are off, our friendship's off, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, last thing too. Uh, we're going to do this in two parts. Mm-hmm. We are working, this was my idea, maybe it was a bad idea. I like it. But I think we're more intrigued by the extremes. What's at the top and what's at the bottom. Yes. So what we're doing is starting in the middle. In this episode, we're working our way from 8 to 14. Mm -hmm. In part two, we'll be working from 7 to 1. Yeah. So we'll be working towards those most notable things. Because here we are in the middle class. And I will say, Weezer has a very healthy middle class. If nothing else, these scores have shown that. True. There is a hearty middle class for Weezer that you can almost like flip a coin for some of these albums. It's very true. But they have different strengths and weaknesses, mm-hmm. but all ended up around the same area. Exactly. So we'll be starting right in that, that meaty part of the curve. Love it. <laughs> and uh, also worth noting, no teal, no death to false metal. Correct. Yep. We're just doing original albums that were intended to be albums. Mm-hmm. It's kind of our ongoing thing, but I just wanted to say that. So that's why we're working out of 14 albums right now. Exactly. And those 14 albums, just for the record, are in chronological order, Blue, Pinkerton, Green, Maladroit, Make Believe, Red, Ratitude, Hurley, U-Bait, White, Pacific Daydream, Black, OK Human, Van Weezer. Which is, weirdly enough, our ranking. So the show's over. Yeah, we did it. Let's <laughs> well go home. Done. Ring the bell. <laughs> Want to get into it? Let's fucking go. Okay, so starting at number eight, right here in the dead center of the Weezer catalog, Chris, what number album do we have? Number eight. <laughs> That would be Pacific Daydream, Chris. With a score of 65.5 out of 100. 60, that's not a great score, all things considered, sadly. One thing that we're going to do here, too, is compare our scores to our friend. OMC. MC Metacritic, just to see how they compare. And do you want to guess what Metacritic score for Pacific Daydream is? I know we talked about it on our episode, but literally, this is kind of beautiful, isn't it? The symmetry. The first album we're talking about today is the first album we ever talked about. Wow. Isn't that nice? It's meant to be. Yes. So Pacific Daydream. So in case you don't remember from October 2018. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. What did MC Metacritic have to say about it? Oh, God. If I were to take a guess, I would say it's probably somewhere in the 50s. Okay. We gave it a 65.5. Mm-hmm. Metacritic, a 64. Wow. 
really close. We should really be music writers. <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> and there's no way they quantified it like we did. No, so, no, 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 no. So let's talk about our individual scores here. Sure, I gave yeah, it yeah, yeah. a 30, and you were considerably more favorable with 35.5. I did. Yeah. And that goes a long way. I mean, you know, a couple points in a category here or there, it's a, quite a difference. Yeah. So you want to work backwards real quick just for the folks and let them know. So let's, let's talk listenability. Okay. Sure. For me, listenability, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Okay. I gave it a 6.5. Wait, oh, you were given half scores. I was, yeah. Oh, okay. See, I didn't do the only time there's a decimal point is when I average the songs. Everything else is a whole number for oh, me. Oh, okay. Just I so people have. people know that. Well, I'm a nuanced thinker. Yeah, sure. I'm going to take that as not facetious. Right. <laughs> That as well. <laughs> that also. So yeah, I did do point fives. I needed it. Mm-hmm. I needed it yeah. personally. I'm sorry that you know you weren't on that page. Maybe it would have okay. been helpful at times, but I'm pretty decisive. I did notice your scores were much rounder than mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fewer decimals. Yeah, yeah. Only one decimal point. I did not go into the hundredths. Yeah. So that's the thing with Pacific Daydream. A six point five, a seven. Um, I still mean, close enough. I was expecting yours to be lower. Yeah. To be not honest. not a glowing review, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my biggest issue with the album, it would be much higher, mm. um, if not for actually, we'll talk about it right now, the sequencing. You know, oh, yeah, because sure. to me, the middle, the heart of this record is just pure gold. The heart of this yep. record is, and and I'm even saying like from Happy Hour, I love, I really like Happy Hour. That's one thing me that I learned through this. Yeah, like, every song, every time that song came up on my every Weezer song shuffle, I was like. Yeah, I'm into it. Totally. Partly nostalgia, but also like you it, like that vibe, right? It kind of sounds like music that I like. I know. You know, what's that, that band music? that you played in the in the Washed episode? Out? Yeah, yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, because effectively, Happy Hour is the Portlandia theme, kind of. And we even compared the two, and they're in the same. A little key. more, but it's it's funny because it's like that style with like Beach Boys. Yes. You know I mean? Like the doot doot doos. Yes, exactly. And the, yeah. Exactly. So it's a really great match. I do like that me. song. And the lyrics are fun. Oh, dude. Meeting a scientist in sweatpants oh. and a hair tie. The vocals are really good. They are. The coconut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I love Happy Hour. Yeah, but that, you know, Sweet Mary, uh, obviously these aren't in order, but uh, Weekend Woman, of course. Quarterback Blitz, like all these, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about our song breakdowns in a moment, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just a great stretch. Mm-hmm. The beginning the beginning third is not great to me. It's actually the worst part of the album, and the back third is just not... It's kind of throwaway. It's throwaway. I go, I never think about Get Right. I never think about La Mancha Screwjob. Right. Any Friend of Diane's is not bad, but I don't love the production. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where it lost listenability points to me, because I'm very seldom thinking, I'm going to put that on from track one. Right. But totally. I'm often thinking, oh, I'd like to hear Sweet Mary. Exactly. Or Weekend Woman. You take that middle chunk and you put it into a, a playlist of other Weezer right. stuff, or even like other music, period. It's going to flow pretty it well, especially up. if it's like poppy, like pop rock. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fit right in. Yeah. Some are listening. What did you think about sequencing of that album? Some of the songs you're not super thrilled about, I actually really enjoy. Like, I love Mexican Fender. I know you It's weird. It doesn't seem like a song I would like, but it really feels very, uh, almost like Blue Album to me. Just like very clean, overdriven guitar, but like very clean sounding production. And then like bright high vocals where he's singing towards the higher end of his range. Maybe not the choruses, but like that intro, like... Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. I, I like the sequencing. I think great bridge, though. Great bridge.
and I like Beach Boys. I don't even hate Feels Like Summer. Yeah, um, interesting. I certainly like the front half better than the back yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More like, noteworthy. I don't like La Mancha Screwjob, and I don't like Get Right, and I can handle Any Friend of Diane's. Right. I think it's a pretty well-sequenced record. I think, with the exception of, like I said, Get Right and, and La Mancha Screwjob, towards the end, uh, with the exception of those two songs, I think it is really well-sequenced, and it is a very cohesive record that I enjoy. So basically, if I were to take those two out, and the fact that they're at the end is, I guess, in its own way... Good sequencing, because if you have crappy songs, I'd rather have them at the end once I'm like fatigued than you know in the middle or in between good songs. Right. Do you think that's a good idea? So hypothetically, right, you have two songs that you're not absolutely in love with. In a perfect world, you're not putting on the record anyway. Yeah. But do you think it's better to have like some stinkers mixed in with good songs? Right. Or do you think it's better to kind of just keep them by themselves? What I've always found is like even my favorite albums of all time, the ones that I always go back to, there's always a sequence of like, all my favorite shit. And it tends to be in the heart of the album. Mm. Like, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of Neil Young Tonight's Tonight, Sparkle Horses, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. There's just these stretches where you're just like, boom, boom, boom. You're just weeping at like how good this music is. It's like the one, two, is. three, four punch. Just yeah. like constantly. But it's often not at the, you know, albums tend to end pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And by strong, I just mean this. I'm drawn more to slower sentimental music we call it sad bastard but i just like introspective music i do those tend to be closers not openers right definitely openers tend to be more high energy or tone setting i just prefer the back half of albums to the front half of albums so my lulls are generally up front um musicianship what do you think about musicianship of this record uh relatively low just Uh, yeah it's either if if you're hearing drums I'm not saying it's bad, right? But it's just it is what it is, and a lot of it's you know synthesized, produced pop music. There's yeah. not a whole lot of of musicianship going on in Pacific Daydream. That's to me its biggest uh, downfall. So I gave it I gave him a six, just because everything sounds fine. I did too. A little bit better than average. A yeah, little bit yeah, better yeah. than like middle of the road. Oh, it's it's like super tight and super well played. Um, there's obviously not a lot of guitar solos. Right. There's pretty good drumming by Wilson when he's able to you know be himself. Yep. And um. Great acoustic guitar playing on Any Friend of Diane. New sound for Weezer, an acoustic guitar solo, not an acoustic guitar arpeggio or something, which is more the Weezer. If they're using an acoustic, it's usually in that. Yeah, and role. you have that nice arpeggio in uh, QB Blitz, too, at the very beginning. Absolutely. So. Cool chord progression. Yeah. And Shriner's pretty good on this album, too. Definitely. Think of Beach Boys. I mean, which I still love that bass line. I, I think that song and, has... And R- like, River's vocal performance on... Uh, yeah. <laughs> in that song. It's yeah. Very, my very my biggest issue with that song, this will lead us to our next category here, is, is the production. Because mm. I think that's the weakest aspect of this album. It's one of the reasons really? I never want to listen to it. Really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, and there's a close sister to this album that I, it turns out, I much prefer the production of, even if I don't prefer it as an album. We'll talk about it, I think, later in this episode. Oh, no. But I give it a four for production sound. Oh, Butch wow. Walker, to me, it's just too compressed. It's too sterile in a way or very sterile okay there are moments like the intro of qb blitz with cool atmosphere nice tones Mm -hmm. when that bridge kicks in to qb blitz and the whole thing kind of gets flanged
Yeah. yeah really nice production choices. So it's not devoid of good moments. Happy Hour, I think, sounds cool. Yep. Feels like summer. Just if you're going to do a song <laughs> like that, like, I don't know, just hire Max Martin. Don't have Butch Walker, who's a really good like singer, songwriter, producer guy. This isn't even his milieu. I know. You it know it, it I mean? is odd. It was an odd choice for yeah. the direction that they decided to go sound-wise. So it just doesn't work for me on songs like that and Mexican Fender. And then Get Right La Mancha are a little faceless. Sweet Mary sounds great. It does. Weekend Woman sounds pretty great. The production of it, I almost wish it was just a little more pure. Mm. You know, I like the percussion elements. I like the vocal stuff. But just like, just the shakers that come in in the chorus, stuff like that. All of a sudden it's like, is this a... Uh, I'm trying to think of what band it would remind me of. It's not Weezer. It's not Weezer, that's no, for but sure. No, but I, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. It's like everything you're saying I agree with, but I gave, I gave it a higher score because I, I love all of it. Right. And what was your score? Eight. Oh, wow. I, I love how this record sounds. Okay. So obviously, it's hard to be objective in terms of, do I like how these songs sound? Instrument choices, mixing, all that. And, and for me, I do. I think, it, I think it sounds very, very good. Right. There's a lot of ornamentation, I guess, like sterile, but like extra stuff. See, I like the extra stuff. I don't like how the core elements are treated. Mm. I don't like the guitar tones primarily. He lost the wheeziness of it a little bit. I can see which it. Which is, it just feels yeah, like it's a different still band. overdriven, but very like tight. No, yeah. no fade, no, no sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's not like a big shroud around the, yeah. the overdrive. It's just like, bang, Very direct. Then, yeah. Like clean cut, like chords. End. It almost feels like a sample of an electric guitar. I could see that. Because it's so uh, measured and, and so tightly cut and, and, uh, and wound. Yeah, so, so the sound is really where it suffered for me. Because if you think about it, like seven, six, six point five. these are middle tier scores. Don't get me wrong. We're not talking about like the best Weezer ever here, but like those aren't bad scores. No, no, I've got no. some bad scores coming up on some of these albums. Those are fine. But production sound of four, that's, that's really the only thing, in my opinion, that's really below average here. Yeah, I feel like if you had, if you had gone a little bit higher, this would have made the other episode because this definitely. was this was definitely one of for me my higher middle scoring records mm-hmm. yeah i can tell yeah um let's get into our song breakdown oh baby what was your average score for songs on pacific daydream funnily enough of all of the categories this is oh with the exception of, of musical prowess the, my lowest ah 6.5 me too, exactly. Exactly? Yes. Get out That was my average. I wonder how we got there. Do, do you want to just go down the list and, and you say yours, I'll say mine? For, for every song? Really fast? I guess. I don't want to do this for every album because it will be really tedious. All right, fine. Then I won't do it. I'll, I'll... No, we can. We can. Well, why would we do it for this one and not every other one? That's fine. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll do some standouts. Yeah. Highest score, Weekend Woman with a 10. You give it a 10. Solid okay. 10. I love that song. Absolutely love it. And my lowest was, was a, a 4. At La Mancha Screwjob. Okay. So even at its lowest, I'm still giving it a four. Right. Yeah, I, I, that's something I noted for all of these is the range. So your range would be six. Mm-hmm. Your highest to your lowest would be a six yeah. song range, which, which is, is actually drastic. pretty drastic. Maybe not the most drastic, but right. pretty drastic. But I don't have any other fours, and everything else is basically either a six or a seven. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's kind of how it has that the higher score. Right. Obviously, without Weekend Woman... I can't do the math in my head right away, but it would probably be closer to like a 5.5. Right. That, that elevates it by almost a whole point. Now, did you note how many tens you gave out? Total? Yeah. No. Do you have a sense of it? No, because I counted mine I, I just because I'm a geek. But It's probably ten or less. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Okay. Honestly. Me too. So that shows how high Weekend Woman is in your estimation. Yes. I actually went 9.5 with Weekend Woman. Of course, it's my highest rated song in here. Mm. I just dinged and it. And you're giving songs. Yeah. 
individual songs, decimal places too. Right. Yeah. And I just dinged it a little bit for production. I just think if it was on a different record, uh, it, it would be a 10 easy. Yeah. But it's like, okay, it's cool. This wasn't necessarily the best home for it or something. Sure. Or sure. the best treatment ultimately. Because right. this is a song, of course, that's been kicking around since the Green Album days. I know. As far know. as a melody and a chord progression and stuff. So, you know, I'm glad it found a home. It deserved a home. But maybe this was just slightly, if this was on white, oh my God. it'd be Can a 10. Imagine? It'd be a 10. Imagine? It'd be an 11. You know uh, what I mean? Um, in my I, lowest, I think about that all the time, honestly. Yeah, I, I, that's the weirdest thing. I literally think like, God, if Weekend Woman was just on one album earlier. I know. Because everyone knows how I feel about White. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Love I it. have a feeling we won't be talking about White in this episode. I fucking hope not. <laughs> See, wait for part two to hear how White falls. But my lowest scoring, you want to guess what my lowest score song was? It's not necessarily my Black Album choice. Mm, it, really? Not that you necessarily remember what that is. I bet it's... Mm, it's either Feels Like Summer or Get Right. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's one of those. It's one of those two. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say it feels like summer, and you gave it a three. Wow, you know me so well. That's exactly right. Chrissy, guess that. Finally, <laughs> it only took us four years. <laughs> I'm only halfway done with my coffee too. I'm already on fire. I was shocked by how little I enjoyed. Feels like summer. Um, I hear it at the gym a lot. So I just heard it at playing ping pong last night with Eng- Engineer Ray. She had it on. Or it was in a playlist. It was on, it just came on. It was like on her girlfriend's playlist. But but it was perfect to hear it then, the mm. night before we record this. I was like, yeah, this is not a good song. It is so surprising to me how big it got. Yeah, it's weird that like, it gets it gets play on like st- stuff that's not alt radio, right? Or I guess there's really no alt radio anymore. Yeah. But you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like alternative playlists, alternative. I mean, I've never heard it in the world. That was the closest I ever came to hearing it in the world. Was at my friend's house last night. But what's amazing is Engineer Rachel. Listen. She's my friend and my former roommate and bandmate and Naughty and stuff. She does not engineer this show. And outside of Blue Album, she does not. Oh, and we used to cover Tired of Sex. So outside of the first two albums, she does not know anything about Weezer. And that song was on. And we were chatting. And she's like, oh, is this Weezer? And I was like, wow, I'm impressed you know this is Weezer. Because this does not sound like Weezer. But she's like, Rivers. Rivers. Yep. She's like that voice. So, but I just, I hate the production. I don't think it's a well, a particularly, well, no. It's a really well-written song that I hate. Fair enough. And when it came on a couple of times on my shuffle, I was just like, wow, this is like the least favorite song I've heard in two hours of listening to Weezer just now. Mm. And so I, I, I didn't really understand the breadth of my disdain for it until this process. There you go. It did not hold up well. I mean, I don't think I loved it when we talked about the right, album no, in no. 2018. But Certainly not. No, it's, it's, it's the one that I'm like, no, nah, I could never hear that again. And I'd be fine. And the acoustic version makes it slightly better, but I just think it's an empty kind of song. There's like lines that pop out that are really good lyrically and honest lyrically, but it's just, let's write a pop an- summer anthem. Totally. You know? And there's a lot better pop anthems out there these days. I got to say, yeah, pop music right now, the maybe, best. maybe the best it's ever been. Really? It's good. Like, yeah. dude, Justin Bieber is on fire. Beeps? Like his his current music, I got to say. I might be alienating some uh, some of our fan base right now, but Justin Bieber, that guy Charlie Puth is hilarious and he writes good music. He's wow. this he, Do you know who he is? Uh only vaguely. Yeah, he uh he's big on like social media. He's yeah, like yeah. a bit, huge following on TikTok and Instagram cuz he'll basically just like sit there and be like, "Oh, this is a really cool lyric." And mm. then he'll just start fucking producing a song. So in oh, like wow. in like 2 hours, he'll have a concept to like a sample of a song that's like very good. So he's I had never heard his name, and my friend Colleen, the you know uh, videographer, she she was like, "Oh, I'm going to New York to shoot this guy Charlie Puth. Do you know?" And I was like, "No." And I looked him up. Oh, she shot him. 
no, filmed, not, him. filmed him. Filmed him. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, and, and and I was like, oh, I don't know. I'll look him up. And I looked at it on Spotify, and I was like, oh, a billion streams. Yeah. This guy is huge, exactly. and I've never even heard his name. Exactly. And, and she not, hadn't either. It's weird because he's not even like a pop star. He's he's almost like this like social ent- media. Well, he's a producer, really. Oh, I he's like this you. young producer. And he just like likes to make music. I don't think he he plays guitar and piano. Yeah, yeah. Um, so his music theory is there. Right. Um, so anyway, Charlie Puth is awesome. I think um, not a big fan of Harry Styles, but I mean he's he's making like really. I think his n- less popular stuff is very good huh. than, than the hits. I, I, if I have to hear Watermelon Sugar one more fucking time, I'm gonna lose it. That's right. But anyway, by lose it you mean think about Cunnilingus and come. That's what he's talking about. What? Read the lyrics, bro. Oh. Read the lyrics. That's crazy. Well, this has been Popcorner with Chris the Younger. Popcorner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. Popcorner. Yeah. It's a good chip, too. Popcorn? Have you had popcorners? No. Are those, oh, those those little, like, they look like uh, tortilla chips, but they're made out of puffed yes. popcorn. Good stats. Mm. Tasty treat. <laughs> Chris. Chris with the stats. <laughs> Dude, we're looking at the calories and the fat and the protein. This has been Popcorner Corner with Chris the Elder. <laughs> Popcorner. Christopher. Uh, we're off the rails. Christopher. Yeah. Uh-huh. 65.5 mm-hmm. Pacific Daydream. Yep. Does that feel right? Yes. In the grand scheme of things. Did you already say what you gave it and what I gave it or you just gave it the total? I did say that up front, but just to review, I gave it a 30. Mm-hmm. Which is higher than average, right? Because I'm going out. Of, we're going out of fifty here, so yep. thirties. And you gave it thirty-five point five. Right. A Which really after this conversation, nice score. makes perfect sense. Absolutely. A uh, real quick. What was your second highest rated song on Pacific Daydream? Yes. Oh well, that would most likely be. Oh God, you're gonna hate me. It's Mexican Fender. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was my second lowest rated song. Uh, surprise, surprise. I mean, Mexican Fender and Happy Hour. Those, wow. those, both of those two. Where did um, uh, QB Blitz fall? Because to me, that was mm. one that stood out as I don't think about that song enough, and I should because oh, that is funny, one of the yeah. best Weezer songs. The last I gave QB Blitz a five. Wow, that one's just like that really one's, that one's okay to me. Oh, it's so good. I love that song. A couple clunky lyrics, but great chord progression. Amazing bridge. Cool I like the production. I like the bridge. Good vocal. Mm-hmm. Good melody. Sure. I think that song, I'm surprised you gave it that low. I think you should, I, I think if you listen to that like cold light of day, just I'm just listening to this song, you'd be like, what am I, this song is, has quality. I may not love it, but it's, it's a high tier song. But of course, Feels Like Summer has a lot of quality. Right. Mexican Fender has a lot of quality and I don't love them and I gave them low scores. So exactly. I get it, but I'm surprised because I think QB Blitz was, I was blown away. That's such a good song that I always forget about. I always think of Sweet Mary and Weekend Woman. Right. And that's like my thumbnail for this Mm -hmm, album. mm -hmm. Moving on to number nine, because we're working to the bottom here. We are. We're working our way from mediumist to the worstest. Number nine. Number nine is our first shocker. I agree with you. I was was pretty surprised and hurt that it was this far. Any guesses, listeners? No? Oh, you're so close. It's a color. It's not... Yes, yes. Red album. Red album. Ugh. I love this new interactive podcast feature where we can hear people through their earbuds. It's so bizarre. It's and really weird because I just we just heard like literally like all of our listeners, like eight voices. <laughs> <coming>. <laughs> it's also amazing that we've developed time travel for such an inane, asinine <laughs> reason. <laughs> <laughs> this is an amazing application of technology. Yeah. Also, did you notice it was all male voices? I'm not surprised. <laughs> That's not true. We actually do have female listeners. They're not necessarily people who DM us and, and, and comment and things, but nope, nope. they women, do exist. Women? 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 <laughs> 
Damn it. I wish you hadn't broken. Are you okay? <laughs> I was... Women... Women don't talk to us. <laughs> that would have been so good if it had hit. If I'm we had. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was like three too many. Women, 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 women. I was thinking. And I want... <laughs> Oh, God. This is why they don't talk to us. But the Red album coming in with a 63.85. It's crazy to think that Red is coming in below Pacific Daydream, and it's almost pretty much exclusively my fault. Give us the breakdown of its combined score and our individual scores, Chris. Okay. 63.85, just shy of Pacific Daydream. Two points off, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, I gave it a 28.55. Wow. So lower in my estimation. Six points. And you gave it about the same as Pacific Daydream. I know. 35.3. And I gave the other one 35.5. So literally 0.2 of right. a point. Right. Two-tenths of a point separate Pacific Daydream from Red. You want to guess real quick? MC Metacritic? We gave it a 63.85. What, mm. did, the, what did MC give it? I feel like it's better than... I'm going to say they gave it a 65. 64. Mm, I'm good today. I'm but you notice nice. how close we are in both of the, like, you know, aligning with that yeah, score. I mean, I and, said it before, we're smart. We're like, we're, we're really, we're just really smart. Girls, women, talk to us. It's particularly smart girls. <laughs> That's my favorite Weezer song of all time. You know time. what? Dumb girls need not apply. Nope. No, thank you. No dumb people listen to this podcast. We're the dumbest people who listen to this podcast. It's funny. We talk about big dick energy all the time. I want some big brain energy. Yeah. That's what I'm looking BBE. for. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Red. Yeah. How did this happen? Because I think this is considered an upper middle tier album by most people. And here oh, it yeah. is in our lower middle tier. I know. I, know. I, I mean, it's certainly my fault. And we've talked at length. We probably talk about Red as much as we talk about any album. Yeah. But now we can actually talk about it in numerical and quantifiable terms and kind of justify our feelings a little bit. Because to me... It's just the most bipolar of their albums. I suppose you're right in terms of the how high the highs are and how low the lows That's what are. I'm saying. Mm. Can we start with songs in this one? Sure. We Is that do, okay? We can do whatever you want. Because that's the biggest thing. I noted my range between top song and bottom song for every one of these albums. Okay. The range here between the top and bottom was 8.5, which is tied for the biggest range. That's crazy. Meaning... My top was a 10, Angel in the One, of course. Yeah. And my bottom was a 1.5. So What like, the heck got a 1.5? Cold Dark World. Oh. Which needs to be on my black album. And I did not put <laughs> it on there. Like, so you'll be happy to hear this. Mexican Fender is off my black album. Cold Dark World is in there, and it's not even at number 10. It's at, like, number 4. Oh, wow. Those lyrics, the vocal delivery, I like it musically, which is why I didn't even, like, think about it in terms of, like, being a bad song. Mm -hmm. But I was so embarrassed. Talk about a song I would never want, a, like, someone who was so-so on Weezer and heard I did a Weezer podcast, and they put Weezer on shuffle, and that song comes up first. I think that person wouldn't be my friend anymore. Oh, please. I, yeah, I, I'm getting what you're saying. So yeah. that's low. So 1.5. There was a couple real low ones. A 1.5. Thought that's I knew. Insane. I gave a 2. Automatic, I gave a 2.5. Wow. These are uh, so... Everybody at Dangerous, I gave a 3. Wow. I was way nicer. Yeah. Well, you like the well, album I, a lot I like more. the album a lot more than but you But those, those songs are really the worst, among the worst Weezer songs. All of them. And they're all on this album. And three of them are in a row. Yeah. It's funny. I gave all three of those fives across the board. <laughs> Thought I knew, Cold Dark World, and Automatic, I'll get five. I can't they wait to hear what got a low score for you, like a really low score. I, I mean, mean, like, like Tired of Sex is like a two. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The concept of being tired of sex is a two. The song. It's true. Tenor. Totally. 
Yeah, uh, my range is not my range is five because I gave Angel and the one a ten, and yeah. then those three each get five apiece. Okay, but then I have like it's funny. I think this is relatively consistent because Troublemaker I gave seven, and then the next three songs: Greatest Man That Ever Lived, Pork and Beans, and Heart Songs are nines. Mm. Three nines in a row. Then, and for uh, what it's worth, I gave those eights. So, oh, all three of those. Yeah, Troublemaker Great. I gave a four, so I, I'm not as high sure, on Troublemaker. Sure. That's, but that's fine. And I know you hate Everybody Get Dangerous. I gave that a seven because I like that, and I gave Dream in a seven. In hindsight, I probably should have given Dream. If those are seven, I should have given Dream in an eight because right. I like that song. But. I, I would say, uh, you know, because I assumed Dream would be higher. I gave it an eight myself. I thought it would be higher going in. But I listen to it, I go, you know what? Outside of the bridge, which is transcendent to me, I think it's so interesting. Um, with the bluebirds and the whatnot. Yeah, it's just beautiful. The arranging's great and, and how it comes out. But the core song itself is mm, Green Album. Just fine, yep. Or um, Lonely Girl. I mean, it's kind of on that tier. It's what elevates it for me is the bridge and the structure. Right. But I don't actually love, too, when like the big like arena rock drums come in out of the bridge because to me it kind of ruins the bridge. Mm. But I know he was looking for contrast and, it, and it's effective yeah. in that regard. But... Mm-hmm. To me, it's like my least favorite part of the song. Okay. So it's like a fine song with a great bridge and an amazing structure, but I don't love every choice in it. So that's why it didn't become a 9 or a 10 for me. I'm with you. That, that certainly makes sense. I, I definitely check that out. Honestly, yeah. Now that I go back, Cold Dark World is like really rough. The thing that really kills me is the, the best part of Red are the four bonus tracks, or at least three, three of the four bonus tracks. And we didn't tracks. factor those in here, of course. But if we had, it'd be a completely different story. It would be. Because those, even if it was like a 14-song album, yep. those scores on those songs, none of them would be below an 8. Exactly. And it would have elevated the whole song. My song average as it stands is a 5.55, so kind of middle. You know, not like, mm-hmm. it's not like it's a 2. Yeah. But it's, it's being just propped up by like the four great songs, I know. in my opinion. Yeah, Sweeney and Pig might both be 10s, to be totally right. honest with right. you. At, at, Sweeney's definitely a 10, and Pig would at least be a 9. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, and then King is, you know. Yeah, King would be the lowest of those. But for King sure. is so much better than Cold Dark World. Absolutely. That should have been on the record. I know. Ugh. I know. They made bad bad decisions. Bad decisions. What was okay. your score average for a song? 7 3. Okay. That makes sense. 7 3. What was yours? Uh, 5.5. 5. Brutal. Yeah, a little bit, but again, polarized record. So let's get into the record itself now that okay. we've talked about the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that to me is where it got dinged the most because of those song scores is. Sequencing and cohesion. Yeah. Because I gave it a one. Because it's the less co- least cohesive album. A one? Because here's the deal, too. Even the best material on the album, mm-hmm. I would say tracks two through four and the last song. You know, those are like the tops. Dreamin's in there in the middle kind of <laughs> trying to prop up that back half but not succeeding. Yeah. Um, I mean, even unto itself, Greatest Man That I Loved is not a cohesive song. Not to mention juxtaposed with heart songs and <laughs> yeah. pork and beans. Those are three completely different songs. Yes. They're the, among the best songs on the album, but they're not even cohesive. If Agreed. we're thinking of Blue Album Cohesive, Pinkerton Cohesive, Green Album Cohesive, yeah, even yeah. Make Believe Cohesive, songs that sound good together, White Album, of course. Right. Those don't even qualify for that. So even the cohesive parts are incohesive. Sure. I, I, yeah. So, that's, I, so I give it a one because something needed to set the bar for like, what's the, what's the worst example of them trying to be cohesive? And to me, it's red. Yeah, okay, fair enough. What did you give it for sequencing? I did have to give it a, a five. Fair. Right in the half right of the, it's amazing. Half of it's amazing, half of it's average or less than average. Right. Well, for me, in terms of song score, everything's at least average or higher. Right. But I am with you in terms of it, it kind of feels like a, a compilation record. It doesn't feel like a record. Yeah, it's, it's called the Weezer's Worst Hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and maybe one is harsh, but, I, but again, I think I 
made that case decently well. Highs are incredibly high. And there's a lot of albums in the world like this. I can't think of one right now, but like that are justified by one song. Mm. You go like, you know what? I wouldn't listen to the rest of it, but it's got, mm. and to me, Angel and the One justifies this whole record. Right. I love heart songs. Like it's only grown on me since this. I, I, you know, this podcast showed me that I loved heart songs. Initially, I kind of dismissed it when I first got this record. I liked Pork and Beans. I probably enjoyed Troublemaker more than I do now. And heart songs was like, oh, okay. I think it's. I really think that's a masterpiece of sorts. It really is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's, it's so personal, and especially for two people who are obsessed with music, and music has influenced everything. I think it really speaks to us. That's right. Especially you as a singer songwriter, literally like. He's talking about how he found his sound and what he's obsessed with and right. growing up. So I, I could see certainly why yeah. you relate to it yeah, so much. Yeah, the sentiment really does it's great sentiment. appeal. A- absolutely. I think it appeals to anyone who loves music. Yeah. You know? But it's funny because that, that's the, the talk about a break in cohesion from Greatest Man That Ever Lived, which is basically fully satire and them just being yeah. basically funny and trying to do like a thought exercise to something that is so personal. Right. It's, th- there's a big disconnect there. Right. So... I'm with you. I, I I get the cohesion, but I'll 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 spoil it now. In terms of sequencing and cohesion, not a single record got lower than three. Okay, for me, yeah. I didn't, I didn't I go mean, lower. General, I mean, that was really low. Most most of them are higher than that. I Agreed. would say. Yeah. For me. Um, Let's move on. I would love to talk about the how it sounds. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's kind of an interesting, like, kind of joint effort. Uh, Ruben produced some of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Jackknife Lee produced some of this. Yep. I gave it a six for production and sound. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think there's elements of it that are really good. But again, the core elements, I've heard their guitars and drums sound way better than this album. Yeah. So it's like maybe if Rico Kasich produced the rock songs, it'd be better. Not that, frankly, when we talk about production and sound, he's not my favorite Weezer producer at all, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But even still, he knows how to treat the guitars and drum sounds pretty well. Yeah. Uh, So I don't think it sounds bad, but there's a couple songs that sound, I mean, particularly thought I knew does not sound good. We've talked about that at length. It's just, it sounds like a demo. It does. Like if there was a better electric guitar tone, maybe I would even bump it up a couple points in my estimation because the vocal performance, two thirds of the vocal performance is really good, but the verse is kind of disqualifyingly bad. And then just the electronic drums, the electric guitar. Oh, I, sound. I can't stand the electric drums. That's in awful. That song. Yeah. Ethel. 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 <laughs> the Ethel Tower. Absolutely Ethel. It's a tower of Ethelness. Ugh. Oh, that was stupid. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what did you give it for production? Not going to lie, I did give it an 8. Okay. In hindsight, I might have dropped it down to a 7. But like, I would listen to Green and Red back to back, and I think Red on particular songs do, does sound better than Green. I agree. And I gave Green a 7. There you go. So That's where I get spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I understand that for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think it's just... It's like, it's, it's like a mid-upper tier. It sounds pretty good. Like the, the good sounds really good and the bad sounds really bad. I mean, Angel in the One is a lush, exactly. lush recording. And that outro and stuff, mm-hmm. that, that's probably a top five best sounding Weezer song. Mm. And that may be propping up this overall score. Because generally speaking, I just don't really love how the record sounds. But right, works really well on that. Uh, Troublemaker actually sounds pretty good for a rock song. That's the thing. I, I really yeah. do think the record sounds good. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's really only a few Weezer records that sound bad. Yeah. They're very few. Yeah. They're very, very few. But those sound really bad. Really bad. No, no. And there's really only one me. that I think sounds really I bad. I know. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. We'll get to it. Um, and then Musical Prowess. Mm. I gave it a nine. Whoa. Very nice. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Because I think, like you said, the the playing on Greatest Man That Ever Lived that's is it. fantastic. I mean, that's what I thought of alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, I mean, the... the uh, everything else is pretty straightforward. It is. I like I like Wilson's drumming on a lot of it. I think 
I think Shriner sounds great on on bass on pretty much every song. I gave it an eight. Yeah. So Wilson's drumming on "Everybody Get Dangerous" mm-hmm. is incredible. I know it is. Uh, the band's <laughs> sensitivity. <laughs> You know, because I, I don't think of just chops. You know, I, I'm not even that drawn to chops. Chops, yes, for non-players, just shredding, playing yeah. fast. Well, that's not really what Weezer does. No, no, but a lot of their like a lot of the musical prowess comes down to well, are the guitar solos good? And yeah, I would yeah, say yeah, on this album, like, no, there's not really a lot of great guitar solos or anything. But you know, really, relative to Maladroid and everything will be all right and Blue and Pink. Um, but uh, the sensitivity with which they approach something like Angel and the One is musicality. Exactly. And, that and definitely that's something that the band's really good at. Only mm-hmm. in dreams. I mean, think of only in dreams. Yeah. Uh, but they don't flex that muscle often. So I would say for the musicality of Angel and the One, the sophistication, if not ridiculousness, but sophistication of Greatest Man. Yeah. And Wilson's drumming throughout. Um, yeah, the rhythm section's really good on this record. Totally. So for those reasons, I gave it a nine. But that's it would be like a 7.5 if not for Greatest Man. Oh wow! Okay, for me because that that really it holds kicked lot, it yeah. up. That's really hard to play. And it, hard to play and hard to you know it's a great arrangement. Hard Ch- to remember. Ch- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean we've we've all seen the Spike whatever awards, <laughs> Spike Video Game Awards. It, oh, was it? Jesus. I think that's what it was. Good God. Um, yeah, and if you remember, like I think when they were rehearsing for that tour, I think they said like seventy five percent of the rehearsal time was just spent on that one song. I can only imagine, and it kind of makes sense because yeah. most of their I don't remember who said. I think it was Belly. He's like, I do not want to play this song live anymore. Wow, really? I'm done, Mr. Bell. Mr. Bell, oh no. So that was our number nine. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of good to say about it. Yeah. The biggest issue, the thing that marred every score for me was just cohesion. It started with the songs. That's why I wanted to start with the songs there. Because yeah. it comes down to material. Definitely. You know, and I think there, and we've talked about the B-sides ad nauseum, but there was a top five record in there. And it ended up being a bottom 10 record, you know? I so know. it hurts. It's kind of a bummer. It hurts. Yep, it does hurt. Moving on. Number 10. So this is still a top 10 record. You know, I just called Red a bottom 10 record, but of course there's 14 albums and this is the bottom (laughs) 10. But, you know, it's a bottom tier record. It's a low mid-tier record. And number 10 is the ultimate mid-tier album. Tell them what it is, Chris. Green. Mm Mm-hmm. We knew it had to be. The complete antithesis, the yin to Red's yang. Hmm. Elaborate. Everything about Green is in the middle. Yeah. Everything about Red is at the extremes. Right. But Great or almost unlistenable. But then they somehow come together. Yes. It's and here they are literally separated by less than a point. Green coming in at 62.9. Red was 63.85. What? Just under a oh point. Oh my God. Uh, less than a point. That's, that's pretty cool. That's crazy. And, but I do think it's fitting that Green is number 10. I think it's fitting that it's a top 10 album, but it's the absolute worst top 10 Weezer album. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, yes. no one would yes, call yes, this yes. a bad album. Mm-hmm. You could say forgettable, lackluster, mediocre, and I would agree with all of those. Yeah. But if but, you said but bad, not I, would say, not I would say you're an idiot. Exactly. There are bad Weezer albums. This is not one of them. Right. Agreed. You can, and the beautiful thing is, even if you don't really like it, it's 32 minutes long. I think and it's their shortest record, I think it's right? 28 minutes. No, it is not that short. I swear. Oh, it's my really God. Short. That's hilarious. So you could basically, yeah, yeah, you could uh, drive to Rumney and listen to it six times. That's right. <laughs> Everyone in the country. No one even knows what Rumney is. Oh, yeah, it's irrelevant. We're going to leave it at that. I'm not even going to elaborate. Google it. Google it. 20 minutes, 34 seconds, by the way, Christopher. 28 20? minutes, 34 seconds. Yeah. He had to look it up because I was that I was in that much disbelief. <laughs> That's one of the few physical CDs that I have in my car. 
Weird. I have like 15 CDs in like one of those little uh, things that you put on your yeah. <laughs> sun visor because yep. I'm old. And uh, yeah, that's one of them. Because I found it at a, uh, a, a flea market that, oh. that me and Tita were selling at. And you know what's incredible? I don't know if I actually told you this. I probably did tell you this. I found that CD in the jewel case. I think they wanted two bucks for it. The a day, little steep. A little steep. But the flea market was the morning of the day that we recorded our Wee's Talk and Wee's Green album Whoa. and I, I was sitting at the flea market in between helping people at our booth Taking i was notes. typing my notes <laughs> and then I, I you know i went to go clear my head went for a walk and there were some dudes selling cds and i found green right on the top of the stack i was like oh that's too perfect i have to buy it and that's the only physical weezer record i own that's incredible because i bought it that day of uh, every, all yeah yeah wow. i don't have anything else <laughs> that's funny I, I didn't know any of that yeah uh before we get into our breakdown of just how mediocre this is mm-hmm. you want to guess what mc said Hmm. I bet higher than us. What What did we say? We're We're at sixty two point nine. Sixty two point nine. I've been on a pretty good roll. I bet there. This is probably a solid sixty six on Metacritic. So this is our biggest discrepancy yet. Seventy three on Metacritic. Jeez. Wow. You have to remember too. This was after a after five year absence. Yeah. Of no new Weezer music. There was just a, in, so much enthusiasm for Weezer. Yeah. Plus, this has huge hits on it. Big hits. Hash Pipe was huge. Yep. Island in the Sun, huge. Yep. They were in the zeitgeist. They're on SNL. Like they were back. Definitely. And and arguably, and Rivers' mental state at this time too was like, I want to be huge. So yeah, right, right. So I don't know if that had anything to play into it, but. Yeah. Well, you know, on song selection, probably. You know, because this mm. is a, this is very much a what if album as well. When you I think of mean, Summer Songs 2000 oh, and right. some of the good, best material on there. That, that didn't f- make it in. Because mm-hmm. oh, I would say like I'm yeah, not usually yeah. one of those people because frankly, I'm just not that informed a Weezer fan, if I'm being honest. Like, Whoopsie daisy. And I think it helps us appreciate albums sometimes uh, because we're not mired in the fact of what could have been on it, knowing too much about the demo process, knowing too much about the pre-production. Yeah. Oh, they changed this in this way? Like, I'm not that hip to that stuff, but Green Album, I was. Yeah, because I was in it. I was in it. Those that was the Napster summer, and I I saw that tour, and I downloaded all the new songs, and I had Summer Songs 2000, I think, um, the studio demos from Carl's Corner, and when this album came out, I was like, what are these songs? Where the fuck these come from? Because right. really, only a couple were in that. Like Hash Pipe was in, like everything else was new and really way less interesting than the songs I'd yeah, been listening to for yeah. the previous year. So it was always a disappointment for me, but I was like, but it's still good. Sure, and it is still good. It is. So like, yeah. I'm never going to put on green and be pissed or be like, ugh, no, turn no, this no. off. No, no, no. Um, do, is this one we start with song scores too, maybe? because Well, I just described how I would never be pissed, yeah. right? So let's talk about listenability. How likely are you to put this on and, and listen to it? Right. For me, I gave it a six because I'm never going to put it on. But as aforementioned, it's in my car. And sometimes when there's nothing good on the radio, I'll just hit CD and it'll be in the player and I'll listen to it and not be upset. There you go. So that's a six for you. Yeah. I gave it an eight, weirdly enough. Wow. Because one thing I'll say about Green is it's eminently listenable. Agreed. If you like guitar music and catchy tunes Mm -hmm. and inoffensive, like, happy summer driving day, you cannot go wrong with this album. It's funny because this would honestly be one of the highest recommended albums. Absolutely. For just the general person. Because, like, Pinkerton ain't for everyone. Nope. Green is for everyone who likes... A distorted guitar. Yeah, pretty much. You, you like know? Dookie, you're probably going to like Green. Absolutely. You like Blink-182, you're probably going to like Green. Right. And that's a funny thing, because I don't really like those bands, and I kind of like Green, but if it wasn't Weezer, I would never listen to it. So I do agree with that. Maybe it go. should be lower in my listenability, but I just thought, well, it's eminently listenable. Yes. And that's got to be worth something, so I gave it an eight in that Beautiful. regard. So then let's talk real quick, musical prowess. 
Yeah. Not, not much to talk about here. Very power chord. Every single guitar solo is a, is a reimagination. Not yeah. even a reimagination. He's playing the vocal melody yeah. for the verses. And the course. only unique one is Hashpipe. I think that's a really interesting solo because it's harmonized and it's moving in fourths and it's, oh, it's yeah. it doesn't just adhere. It's it's inspired by the vocal melody, but it is not a one to one recreation of the vocal melody. But that's the only one. Yes. <laughs> So, so for that, I gave it a four. Me too. Because it still sounds fine, but you know, basically a middle schooler or high school level uh, band could play this entire record. I know? completely agree. And like, simplicity is cool, you know? Certainly. But there's just no character. Exactly. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. There's no character. Mm-hmm. Angel in the One is simple. Right? Yeah. Note-wise, it's yeah. slow. There aren't many chords. It's the same chord progression the whole time. But there's so much character and so Agreed. much expression in there. Green mm-hmm. Elm is... It feels like they programmed a bot. to just Or like, like AI to yeah, say, yeah. here, make sunny, distorted pop rock music. Yep. Um, so that's the biggest issue there. Yeah. When it comes to uh, sequencing and cohesion, this suffers in a way. Agreed. Yes. It's, it's funny because everything... Is cohesive. It's right? nothing, nothing if not cohesive. But because everything sounds the same, yes. that's where you're sequencing. Because you could more or less shuffle the record, and it's all the same no matter what. I bought and in this a way, al- that's a hit, right? I got this album the day it came out in 2001, wow. 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's still a couple songs in the back half that when they start, I go, is this Glorious Day or... Like, I don't know. Why? They're so similar, mm-hmm. particularly in the back half. So they're so cohesive that nothing stands out. Couldn't have hit it better myself. So then what did you? What, what score did you give it out of 10? I gave it a, uh, I gave it a 7. Me too. Yeah. Nice. I mean, our scores were really close yeah. here. We I, didn't, I, I think a three-point a three point hit is fair for everything basically being the same. Yeah, me with too. The, with the only exception being Island in the Sun. I mean, my guiding principle within a song and within an album, if I'm involved in making it, and if I'm involved in evaluating it, is is the impact of each idea maximized mm-hmm. by its context? Yeah, a, a, a quiet song will sound twice as quiet if it comes after a loud song. Yeah, just like a quiet verse, a loud chorus, the classic alternative rock thing, the same oh, yeah. so thing, the the, the, the every every thing. I was gonna say every Absolutely. Nirvana song, that the was Pixies popular. thing. Really, it was a Pixies thing, and then everyone said, "Oh yeah, that's awesome," because oh, yeah. it is, you know, and that. The whole point of that is maximizing the impact. Make the chorus sound louder by making the verse quieter. Yeah. It's like a pitcher. If you can't throw a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, you know what you do? You throw your 92-mile-per-hour fastball, but you slow down your changeup. I don't know a lot about baseball, but I know that's a thing. That makes sense. <laughs> Checks out. Um, and, and this album doesn't have any of that. It's just someone throwing 85-mile-per-hour meatballs over the plate. You know what I mean? It, it's like a home-run derby. Yeah, true that. <laughs> that um how about sound this one was interesting it was an interesting i think if you had asked me when we first started this process what i would give it for sound it would have been different than what i ended up giving it after really? listening to it okay okay uh what I'm did curious. you give it well with all that lead up i want to hear yours first oh sure um i ended up giving it a 6.5 oh wow nice because i think it's it just doesn't sound cool hmm. it just sounds fine yeah um the thing you could say, oh, it's Rico Kasich. It's their third album. It's kind of like a bluish album, but it's really not. It's really not. There's not enough diversity of sound. And on top of everything else, it doesn't have character. 
Agreed. And Blue I Album agree. has a lot of character. Yes. In fact, it's a relatively low-fi alternative rock album as things go. It's slick, it's produced, it's good on the radio, but like, it's not overly compressed. I'm talking about Blue Album. Uh, there's vocals that kind of get lost in the mix. There's all this stuff. Green Album is just right in that middle of the road. Yeah, everything's the whole right. way. Mm-hmm. And the tones are fine, but not extraordinary. Yep, you're nailing it. And comparing it to Maladroit, which you could argue sounds worse on a certain level, there's a lot of character on Maladroit. So when we talk about that album at some point, uh, I just think character alone and competency gets you to something above a seven. Yes. If it's just competency, we're talking about a seven or a 6.5, you know, in that mm-hmm, range. Mm-hmm. But when it came up against other guitar songs of Weezer in my shuffle, because I just like shuffling. I get bored listening to albums, so shuffling, it keeps me on my toes. Um, but you really hear the juxtaposition of green rock versus Maladroit, Van Weezer, Blue, Pinkerton rock, and it doesn't sound as good. Yeah, yeah. To my ear. Mm-hmm. It sounds fine. It just doesn't, we it doesn't talk, grab you. We talked about sterility. That, sterile. That's really what it is. And River singing is sterile on it too. Yes, which I, I would put under music, you know, musical know. prowess. Yeah, agreed. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. You you included vocal performance in, in musical yeah. prowess, right? Yeah. Okay, good. The but, thing we didn't really factor into our, our our rankings, but I think it comes into songs, which we'll we'll transition to songs of Green right now. Mm-hmm. Um, is is lyrics? Yeah, we didn't I, really I never really know down, where to put that into. But uh, I will say it factored in more in my song scores, where I was like, that "What a great sense. song!" Oh, but, but it's the, got that fucking line. Yep. And so that's where it would be factoring for me. Did you think about stuff like pretty that? Pretty much. That's pretty much exactly where I landed on it too. So I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad we're so similar. Oh, it's so nice. So nice. <laughs> so then let's let's talk. It's just nice. It is. Sorry, sorry. It's just so nice. <laughs> let's talk about song score for Green. Nice. Six three. I gave it a 6.3 average. Okay, I gave it a 7.1 average. Ooh. So I was a little kinder, perhaps. Surprisingly What is your range? What's your high? What's your low? That's a great question. Thanks. Not very big. It's one. Every song. Six or seven? Yep. Every song is either a six or a seven. Wow. That seems fair. No fives, no eights. That seems fair. Yeah, yeah. My average is a 7.1. My range is 1.5. Oh, my gosh. My range is 8 to 6.5. Ah, there you go. So then what was the 8? I had to give two 8s, and it's to the two singles, Hash Pipe and Island of the Sun. I think those are classic Weezer songs. Interesting, interesting. They hold up, man. They do, they do. They have the most character, too, of the whole album. I think those two songs have the most character. Mm, I could see that. I really do. I mean, certainly Island of the Sun, for sure. Yeah, it stands out. It stands out. It yeah. plays like a ballad. Yeah, it's Island in the Sun also is one of my sevens. I gave three sevens, and everything else was a oh, six. Oh, cool. Can I guess your sevens? Yeah. Okay, Island in the Sun. Yeah, huh? Oh, not Hashpipe, though. Is I mean, you would have mentioned it. That's would the I, only reason. Would I have? I, I guess. No, I would have. Oh, okay. Um, smile. Very close. No, no, no. Shit. That was also a six. Knockdown Dragout? Yeah. Huh? That, that was a 7.5 for me. I it's, love that song. It's a good one. That really is underrated. Agreed. Just no one thinks about it, but they should. That's a really good like, pop punk yeah. song, really. I kind of like the syncopation of the lyrics in the chorus. Me too. Really good. Uh, oh, God. Maybe one of the first two. Oh, okay. Oh, Girlfriend? Ah, uh, never mind. Simple Pages. 
Oh, okay. I just like that one. That one always gets lost in the shuffle for me. They I all, that they, that's the problem. They all do. But when I was listening, I was like, oh, come on, come on, come on. You can have a little more distinction than that. And yeah, simple yeah. pages rose a little bit higher. I still love Hashpipe. I still love Photograph. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I still gave, love Crab. I gave four 6.5s. Those are my lowest score. 6.5. Which you compare that to Cold Dark World and Red. It's like, you know, it's <laughs> right, like, right, it's right. like, this is still good. Um, but Glorious Days, Simple Pages, Crab, and Don't Let Go, all 6.5s. Mm. None of them bad songs, just kind of nothing songs. Yeah. You know? I feel you. And I think Glorious Day always gets lost in the mix to me. I always think it's Oh Girlfriend, and then I'm like, oh, wait, no, no. They're very Almost similar. There. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I Oh know. Girlfriend, I gave a seven. I, I used to like that more than I do now. I think it's kind of just whiny, a little bit whiny. Mm, <laughs> you know, sure. it doesn't work for me like it once did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a good song and good chord. Really, some nice chord progressions throughout, but sameness can come in a lot of forms. Uh, laconic, unexpressive vocal delivery, faceless production, and similar chord vocabulary throughout yep. the record. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same moves right. happening throughout the record. Classic Weezer moves, and also there's some things on there that are like really green album-y moves. Yeah, yeah. Is um, he doing a lot of what, one, one, six... Or one. Well, he's definitely. I mean, the island in the sun thing was established here. He had already used the progression a lot, but that is the famed six two five one mm. E minor A minor D to G. So that's used a decent amount. But what he does a lot on pre-choruses is incorporates the threes and the sixes. So he's doing these kind of. I, I wish I could think of like this part of this song as a specific example, but it's in a lot of them. Um, definitely, oh girlfriend. Got their moves. Uh, Smile uses it. It's used in probably half the songs if I if I broke it down, but I go. didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's fine. Um, but I think, I hope everything that we said was fair, and I think most listeners would agree with us on this one. Definitely, and I don't have to justify myself to anybody. No, that's true. That's but, true. But in the grand scheme of things, right? We think about the the two records that are going to butt this, and obviously we'll talk about the next one in a second. But basically, the reason Red, at least I'm looking at my scores, the reason Red edged out. Green was basically... That's profane. <laughs> Listen, we won't go down that road, okay? But all I'm saying is... Come on, I want to! <laughs> no, you don't. Trust. Okay. You don't. You don't. The reason that it, that red was able to, to beat out green by just a smidge really comes down to the fact that the song scores might be pretty similar, but it's the, the fact that the, the highs on red and the character on red yeah. is just so much more prominent. That's it. And uh, wh- while green is more friendly, mm-hmm. so to speak... The lowest coin art is low. It's just uh, too samey. I, I think it's I think it's right for red to be ranked above green. Me too. I do. And I think it's right for them both to be here in the lower part of the mid-tier for yeah. me. You Still know? made a top 10, baby. That's right. That's we'll right. We'll see what happens with the four seasons, though. That's going to be very interesting to talk about. So we have Yes. Whether the four seasons bump people down or just go right to the bottom themselves. That's right. But now we're exiting the top 10. This is where it starts getting real hairy, folks. Bottom four. I have a feeling everyone listening already knows. Probably what we're drawing from here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. But the order... Order is intriguing, Order and is intriguing. how we came down on them may differ because we've been we we're not in lockstep on red, but we've been generally in lockstep with most of our sentiments so far. Number eleven, make believe. So sad that it has to be 60, all the way down here, but coming in at sixty-one point three, so not a bad showing. Mm-mm. We're saying it's within four points of Pacific Daydream, which is number eight. This is like I said, the meaty middle class of Weezer albums mm-hmm. really closely aligned. I right. would say this is the end of the middle class <laughs> and the bottom of the middle class, and you'll see that reflected in the scores, but yep, this is the end. 61.3. And here's the great part about this process. I went in with no preconceived notions, 
but we've talked about Weezer a decent amount, and there's certain conversation topics that have come up time and time again. And for some reason in my head, I've always associated Green Album and Make Believe as being similar, even though they're not, but serving a similar role in the greater Weezer discography. And here they are, and I wasn't looking at one score to another as I was scoring these individual albums. I did that afterwards to make sure oh, okay. my bearings were right. And I gave Make Believe a 32, and I gave Green a 32.6. It go. just shows like... And I was also the same, right? I gave Green 30.3 and Make Believe 29.3. Exactly. So basically... So we're within 5.5 5 points each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. each. Um, and, and they came down 1.5, yeah. like, you know, apart, which is amazing, 1.6, but... Do you want to guess uh, MC Metacritic? Because here's another one where maybe we didn't align as well. Mm. And think about context, too, of Make Believe coming out. Coming after Green. And, and Or no, out, after Maladroid, yeah. obviously. <sighs> well, it did have Beverly Hills, which was... For like, better or worse. Worse, in my opinion, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know, high 60s? 52. Oh, Jesus. Think about it. This was the fall from grace. This was... Weezer, whether they were popular or not, or active or not, they were kind of a critical darling band at a certain point mm. after Pinkerton. Right. Once the, the reappraisal of that happened, and then Make Believe comes out, and it's like, what are they doing? Yeah. What are they going for here? Who knows? Don't sound like Weezer. No. It doesn't really sound like good radio rock either. It's just you not know. really. So their their shift to mass appeal turned off critics. Mm. I also think the sound probably turned off critics as well, losing yeah. some of that Weezer essence to the sound yeah. because it is the first different sounding Weezer album. Mm. Compared to the first four, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely see that. That's what I feel. I mean, because synthesizers come in on track, to, you know, like mm -hmm. Beverly Hills is its own thing. Synthesizers are being used. Guitar tones are a little less ragged. Yeah. You know, it's just generally more polished. It's more radio ready. And I think critics were like, ah, this is safe. This is, this loses that Weezer y essence. So, Let's get into the breakdown. You want to start with songs or categories? Mm, songs. Okay. What was the overall score for Make Believe songs? A very low 5.3. Wow. 5.3. 5.3. I really don't care for a lot of the songs on this record. It's, it's just very middle to low. My span is 5. So my highest, oh, wow. my highest is a seven, but my lowest is a two. Your highest is a seven. Mm -hmm. Well, that's harsh. So I've been harsh. That's your harshest score yet. Is it? On this album? I think there's one song that deserves more. Maybe I should have given it an eight. It is Hold Me, for the record. Yeah. I gave Hold Me a seven. Yeah. And I really came to that conclusion by comparing it to other songs on other records. Okay. Right? You said it's, it's like, not as good it's as like, this. It's like, well, this is, you know, yeah. blank is an eight, and that's like a solid eight. Right. And then I'd go in and give it away, and it's like, do I really like this as much as this? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Or is it just relative to this album? Precisely. Yeah, precisely. Because the relative to this album, Hold Me, is like the best song you've ever heard. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, Hold Me is a great song, and, yeah. and that's certainly mm -hmm. the highest. I also gave Freak Me Out a seven. Mm -hmm. Freak Me Out and Hold Me are, are equal songs. Maybe in the grand scheme of things, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe Hold Me should be an eight. But even if I gave it... It wouldn't it, have made a difference. Exactly, exactly, because it's still a whatever, a, a four, or 12 song record. Yeah. Uh, so, wouldn't really really uh move the chains so to speak okay what was your lowest song we are all on drugs two yep a two yep. beverly hills slightly above that three yeah okay i did the same i actually gave 1.5 to we are all on drugs <laughs> just for the intro it would have been a one i know but right the intro, yeah the like, intro's cool because of the promise which almost makes it hurt more but at least there's yeah. something of quality it's yeah the intro is is really cool i like the i like the harmonics i yeah. like i like the sound i like the drums i like the tone and then it's not even just how bad the lyrics are instantly right off the uh, right off the bat it's how he sings yes i had for, i like i never listened to this song 
ever, ever, ever. Of course not. It's Why would so you? much worse than I remember. And the give it to me. <laughs> those, I mean, just really bad. It's bad. Embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Single. I mean, it's probably the on. worst song we've talked about so far. It's my least favorite. Yeah, it's the lowest score I've given. I mean, Cold Dark World I gave a one point five as well, but I uh, this is worse than. I that. would take Cold Dark World over We Are All on Drugs any day of the week. They're no both question. really bad though. Yes, that sex you line. Sex you. <laughs> I forgot Protect about you and sex you. And I mean, really. The only reason I don't hate it is because it makes me laugh. I know. But it's, it's bad. True. It's laughing because it's bad. I agree. And that's probably why I like it more. Because we're all on drugs. I'll be there to sex you. Oh, my God. We're all on drugs. It's just bad. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny bad. It's embarrassing no, bad. Yeah, yeah. It's cringe. Because they don't even do drugs. <laughs> that's the well, worst part. Yeah, Rivers, I think, was clean by Well, he was point. on pills, but. <laughs> so, my range. Yeah. 8.5. Oh, wow. Do the math. Well, I mean, you because you gave you gave Hold Me a 9, I bet. An 8. You gave Hold Me a 10? I did. Holy shit. You like Hold Me better than Weekend Woman? Yes. Mm. As execution, because I think it sounds perfect for the song. The clean guitar sound, the dynamic contrast, the vocal. Wow. I'm really surprised, but I, I, I it makes perfect sense. And I actually really like the lyrics. I am... Terrified of all things Frightened of the dark I am You are Taller than a mountain Deeper than the sea actually like the lyrics on this album a decent amount. Mm. Uh, Apart from Beverly Hills, yes. we are all in uh, Outside of the singles, if this was a 10-song record that did not have singles, yeah. this would be easy a top 10 record for me. <sighs> okay, if you say so. I, I disagree with you, but that's okay. Like I, I think This Is Such a Pity doesn't really have... It doesn't hold that much ground. Uh, yeah, my, that's what I want my, my, my Best song. Friend. Yeah, that, that, those are the two lowest uh, rated for me. My Best Friend, I gave a 5.5. Pity, I gave a 6.5. I actually gave The Other Way a 6. I think that is a, a just a bad Weezer pop rock song. The mm-hmm. melodies suck, even though the sentiment is pretty strong. I think that was the one about uh, consoling his ex after Elliot Smith died. Oh, geez, yeah. I think that was that song. And yet you still gave it a 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because it, it's not terrible, but it's just, I find it annoying. I think that's, that's like... like cause, and the reason I specify pop rock is like the worst Rivers guitar-based pop rock song mm-hmm. is still a good song. Sure. But that's probably the worst of them. I got you. I <laughs> you got know, you. or among the worst in my estimation. I mean, yeah, I probably should have. Now, this bones me out now that I'm thinking about it. Hold me. I should have put hold me higher than a seven. I, I, I was I blown away. I had a 10. A, you know, it's eight, certainly like, not a 10, but I will say I only gave nine tens of, from the entire oh, wow. Weezer canon. And this is one of them. Jeez. 
I heard it the other day driving home. I was I was in Philadelphia last week. I was driving home and it came up on my Weezer shuffle. I, I did a mm-hmm. lot of listening on that drive home because it's like a five, six hour drive. No, yeah. it was like a five hour drive. And when this came on, I was just like, it was a stop the world kind of moment because I hadn't heard it in a long time. Probably I since see, we yeah. did the, the We show? Are Weezer show. Oh my God, yeah. Because remember, we, that was the song we talked about on there. Right, right. Um, because it was like, well, let's pick something that no one else would talk about, but that we have affection for and then we would decide on that. Yeah. And uh, it was more fun to talk about that song than the Black Album. Yes, exactly. we did both those episodes. Exactly. More on the Black Album later in the episode. <laughs> Shocker. But uh, it, it just blew me away. I was like, there's nothing on this that I don't like. Yeah, it is a very good song. It could song. probably use like a great guitar solo or something, but like still, it's, you know, as Weezer songs go, it's, the, it's yeah, his one vo- of the his 10 vocal. I'd be most inclined to want to listen to. Best vocals on the record. For sure. And his singing on this album is not terrible. It's no. better than Green. Yes, it, with you know, the exception like of a few songs. Yeah. It's annoying at times. Well, yeah, because on both Beverly Hills and, and We Are All on Drugs, he's not really singing. Right. He's kind of just like, and it's not rapping. But it's he's bad like, vocalizing. He's, he's just talking, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Freak Me Out, I gave an 8.5. Haunt You Every Day, I gave an 8. Peace, I gave an 8. I love mm. Peace. I like Peace. I peace like is peace. really good. Yeah. Um, Pardon Me is lower than that. 6. You know, so a lot of stuff around 6.5 to 7 range. Perfect Situation, I gave a 7. Mm. That could have been higher, but I just, you know what? It's just not a song that leaves a mark on me. I missed it as a single. I think it was a single. I had a video. Yeah. Like it's okay. I, it's just never does anything for me. But I like the guitar playing. Yes. And I think it sounds good. And mm-hmm. you know, so I, I think it's like one of the best guitar songs on the album for sure. Let's get into the sound of the album mm-hmm. um, with regards to make believe. What What do you think about the production here? Uh, I think it's equal to to red. Honestly. Yeah. So. I gave it the same score as red. Yeah. So eight for me. Okay, I gave it a six. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it actually probably has more similarities even with Green in that it's just government issue, here's what radio rock sounds like yep. kind of approach, mm-hmm. which doesn't do much for me. Yeah. Um, I think there are some things that give it more distinction than Green, but it's in the arranging, not in the sound. Okay. The guitar work, the harmonics on Freak Me Out, for instance. Yeah, yeah. You know, the dynamics of Hold Me. Just Hold Me Alone is more dynamic than anything on Green. You know, obviously, it's a better song to me than anything on Green, but I'm just saying the range. Yeah. And then the expressionism. Definitely. Is, is, is just on a higher level. Yeah, Make Believe, man, it's, it's, this is, it's, it's a complex record. It's completely marred by those two songs Yeah. to me. Would it be a top five record without those two songs? No. But it, would it be number seven? Probably. You know, it would be yeah. in, in that upper mid-tier. It mm-hmm. would, I think everyone's estimation of it would change considerably. Maybe one more song that had a classic Weezer thing going on. If it had the equivalent of Pork and Beans. It doesn't you. have to be the best Weezer song ever, but just the equivalent of Pork and Beans. I know there's nothing like that here. No. At and, all. You know, it's, so it's that's so crazy probably what it's that- missing. If you think, I mean, obviously, We Are All on Drugs was one of the other singles in, in uh, Perfect Situation, but neither of those have really lived on. But you look at, like, Beverly Hills, I mean, that's, like, probably top five uh, yeah. in terms of popularity and things that are still played. Ugh, blows yeah. my mind in a very unfortunate way. And your mind usually loves getting blown. It does. Uh, what do you think about sequencing and cohesion? Um, I did have to give it a bit of a hit here. I did give it a four. Yeah. I get it was low. I gave it a five myself. Yeah, it's one of the lower ones that I that I ranked mostly because um, it's the worst. Can I can I guess? And sure. I, and because this is how I feel too. Mm-hmm. It's the worst parts of what make red and green incoherent. Meaning, there's a huge range between good and bad. Yep. And there's sameness. Yep. All within one fucking album. True that. Are you kidding me? I know. I know. It's the worst of both worlds. And the most different songs. 
are way spread out. Like the last two songs are mm-hmm. the most different songs on the album. Yeah. They're not used to break up the action though. The ones used to break up the action are like We Are All on Drugs and like My Best Friend, which are like two of the three worst songs on the album. Yeah. Right? And then these two standout kind of songs. I think Haunt You Every Day is a great closer. Yeah, it is a good closer. I don't much care for the song in general. I, I don't like the piano tone and I do not like the guitar tone. Oh, on okay. That song. Yeah. Um, Playing's pretty good though. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just don't, I, I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just don't like it. Yeah. No, but, it's not the best piano sound I've ever right. heard. Yeah. Um, but isn't that interesting though? Like there's not enough to break up the sound in a pleasing way. It's you group together all these mid-tier songs and then break them up with songs you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. That's like, not a good combo. Fuck. Not a good combo. No. Definitely shot themselves in the foot on this one. Um, and they were drawing from a lot of material at this point, too. They always are, but like, there's a lot of material from this era that's floating around that's you know, arguably much better than this, and that's another issue. And they went through so many different iterations of this track listing and stuff. And this is where they ended up. I think if they had chosen songs and sequenced it, a month later, it would have been a different album. Better, worse, uh, who's to say? There's, it probably would have been flawed anyway. They were in a weird place. Mm-hmm. But the album they ended up with was a near good album, and it ended up being an okay album. Totally. With bad moments. We didn't talk musical prowess or, or listenability for Make Believe. So oh, let's, let's, we got to Real quick, this. real, yeah, real sorry. fast, real fast. We don't have to spend too much time on it. I gave musical prowess a seven, mostly because I like Rivers' piano playing, or Aaron Bryan's piano playing. I don't know who played piano on which songs, on Make Believe, oh. I would assume... Yeah, River is definitely on Haunt You Every Day because he okay. wrote that on piano. There you go. Um, and I, I think the piano playing is decent and I think the the guitar playing is, I guess, decent. Oh, yeah, uh, I think so. But uh, no, I, I definitely gave Prowess a, a seven and then I gave Listenability a five. I like the approach to guitar in this album because there are like, you know, Perfect Situation is a great guitar feature. Yeah. You know, the talk box solo on Beverly Hills, whatever. Boo. Um, I didn't even listen to Beverly Hills, actually, for this. It never came up on my shuffle, and I didn't listen to Make Believe all the way through. We've so. heard it We've heard it enough. We yeah. don't have to. I, heard, I made it a point to listen to the songs that I had less of a relationship with from this smart. album, like Very The smart. Other Way and those kind of things. But I was like, I think I know Beverly Hills. <laughs> Singular. <laughs> just the one hill. It's not worthy of multiple hills, that song. Just the one. But, uh, I, you know, the guitar line in Peace... really nice stuff yeah just and it's rare that weezer uses a lead guitar lick it's usually they have a chord progression and a solo yeah and it's yeah, rare yeah. that they use lead guitar for just melodic purposes which true. is weird to say but it's true it is and so i just like that and i think that it sounds good on that song too there's an openness to the sound of that song it has more humanity than a lot of this record and it's in the arranging but also just the performance just being a little late and a little it's I don't yeah. know. There's something about the spirit of that one. So I do like the guitar playing on the album when it's utilized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can't overlook, freak me out, the, the harmonic work, the arranging of the three harmonic yeah. playing guitars. Really cool and unprecedented in Weezer's oeuvre. Indeed. Doesn't happen a lot. Does not happen a lot. So yeah, so Musical Prowess, I gave it a 7.5. It's not top tier, but there are enough moments that made it not suck. Listenability, what'd you give it? Five. Oh, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, I gave it a seven, because the highs are so high wow. for me. Wow. Maybe it should be more like a six or a five, because I'd probably not listen to track one. I mean, it's only three songs that you want to hear. No, 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 that's not true. I mean, a lo- there's a lot of songs um, that get lost in the mix. 
I don't mind Pardon Me. I think that's a decent song. I've heard it twice this week. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know what? Not my favorite, you know, not near my favorite song on the record, but n- far from a travesty, a pretty, pretty good song in the grand scheme. Um, and another one that stood out to me in a major way was Damage in Your Heart. Mm. Really? I mean, if that song was on Green, it'd be like top three song. It'd be oh, a wow. heart song on Green for me. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful song. I like the harmonies. Yes. At, I just in think the it's a really like sound song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you need those. It's never going to be... I gave it a 7.5, so it's not like I'm like glowing about it, but I had no opinion of it and no real connection to it or memory of it. Mm. And then I heard it, you know, in one of these shuffles, and I was like, wow, I did not give that song enough credit. That's a good song. Maybe I just heard a stretch of bad songs. And you were already like null... Yeah, you're kind of just like numbed out a little bit. Yeah, that could have been it. It could have been contextual. But so then on this album, contextually, it's a good song. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. You know what I mean? And it literally comes out of We're All on Drugs. So maybe that, you know, that would sound extra good. It's true. 7.5, but I think a song of great quality, a song that uh, would it be on a Weezer mix or something for me? No, but if for no other reason, to draw attention to it. Yeah. yeah. Because it's worthy of more attention than it gets being buried on Make Believe. Mm. Believe it or not, we're in the bottom three. I know. We I know, know what albums we're probably choosing from. We're not going to say them, but I think if People you think know. hard enough, you know what albums we're choosing from. People now the only know. question is order and what the score ended up being. Yeah. So we should mention, before yeah. we go to number 12, the point differential between oh. everything we've talked about. It's been in the 60s, right? Pacific Daydream, 65.5. Red, 63.85. Green, 62.9. And Maple Leaf, 61.3. So less than five points. Mm-hmm separating these four the drop-off here for number 12 is 43 it got a score of 43 almost 20 points lower than make-believe yeah it's a completely different tier drastic you know we we tried to be objective about this stuff i mean it's all our opinion so it's as objective as possible we wanted to score it we wanted to actually see it i know not just anecdotal evidence but numerical mostly for us and then recording the episode was bonus but and this yeah right and this is just confirming what everyone knows Mm -hmm. there is a distinct lower tier of weezer stuff there sure is yeah now some people's lower tier would maybe involve something like make-believe but I think if those people thought hard about the actual contents of Make Believe, they would say, okay, cohesion sucks, production, whatever, middle of the road. But there's like standout tracks that could elevate it a exactly. little bit. There's musicianship that could elevate it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sure, I hate those couple songs, but I tolerate everything else if not like it. And, and I yeah, think yeah. this is what uh, uh, an exercise like this bears out a little bit. So with that said, what is number 12? I think people know exactly what it is. I don't know. <laughs> Ratitude. Yes. 43. Mm-hmm. Even. I gave it, this is great. I gave it 21.3. Younger gave it 21.7. Isn't that, that amazing? I think that's our closest score. Uh, so far. Less than half a point. Yeah. Uh, MC Metacritic? Mm, I bet they gave it a 45. 57. Huh. MC, get off the stage, drop the mic, but like yeah, in a bad way. Yeah, in a bad way. <laughs> Not like in that cool way. All right, let's get into it. Ratitude. Mm. What were the saving graces? What 
what even got this into the 40s? I know, I know. I mean, all of my scores are basically five and below with the exception of uh, uh, one category. Okay, let's talk about it. Uh, the one category that got above five sure. was production and sound. Because I, yeah. I gave it a six. It's a okay. little bit better than okay because some of this, the good songs sound good. A little bit better than okay human? What? Oh, a little better than just okay. I see. Yeah. I see. I thought you were just shortening okay human. I was like, what are you friggin' talking about, brah? I will say Ratitude is better than okay uh, computer. <laughs> For sure. I mean, come on. Leave this place. <laughs> I could never. I could never speak badly about one of the greatest records of the 90s in all time for that matter. Uh, anyway. Yeah, if you want to hear us speak well about it, listen to Blue Album Battle episode... Uh, <laughs> Versus OK Computer. That's right, OK Computer. Uh, I gave it a five for production sound, so mm. it, not a travesty. I actually noted that uh, If You're Wondering is a really good production. If You're Wondering yep. if I Want You to do really good production. That's Butch Walker. Yep. And, uh, and also, I Don't Want to Let You Go is such a distinct sounding song, mm. sounding song in the in the Grand Weezer canon that those, that, those two elevated the, to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Just the texture of that song mm-hmm. with the even the electronic drums and the guitar tones and kind of just having a slightly different sound in a, to me, a pleasing way. That actually sounds more like a lot of music I love than anything else on the record, but even just generally Weezer. Yeah, definitely. Um... So yeah, I I don't have to go into it. I think I think it does sound good. Yep. Uh, I, I think it sounds fine. It sounds fine because some of it you're like, oh god, what? just get a rock producer. Get, I know. You know? It, yeah, you either need a rock producer for the rock stuff, yeah. or you need a pop producer a for the pop, pop stuff, or you need. It's so piecemeal. Mixes by different people, like produced by different know, people. It's such a mess in that. Which regard. is exactly leads perfectly into sequencing cohesion. Yeah, I gave it a four. Me too. Yeah, not uh, not so great. No, there's no. Oh, like, just kidding, just kidding. I was looking at the wrong column. I gave it a three. I gave it a three for sequence. Me too. Okay. No, no. <laughs> I was like, what? I can read. <laughs> uh, fuck you. There is no stretch of this record that I go like, oh, great. This is when these couple songs happen. There's no nope. stretch. It's like decent song, terrible song, terrible song, decent song, terrible song, terrible song. <laughs> oh, good closer. Right. Go home. You know? I know. I know. <laughs> The one thing I will say about this album, mm. uh, and if I talk about listenability, I gave it a five for listenability because mm. it has a wow. decent amount of entertainment value. I, I always yes, think, yes, I always think of like listening to it in the car with you on the way to uh, to New Hampshire, not Romney. But you, we told them to Google it. You spelled, oh, you told them that stuff in New Hampshire. Shoot! All right, now you have two clues. But like that was really fun listening to some of those songs together on that ride before we recorded the Ratitude episode. That's true. That because we were both relatively unfamiliar with the album. We put it on and we were kind of enjoying it. You know, it was just fun. What were we doing in New Hampshire? That was New Year's. Oh my that god! New Year's drunken wow. New Year's. I was just thinking about that day. That was so fun. That was fun. Shot o'clock. Shot o'clock. God. We got some great Polaroids from that day. We did. <laughs> um, musical <laughs> prowess. I mean, three. This is this is not a good showing for their yeah. musicality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did I even give them? Let's see. We scroll in on right doing here. Three also. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Not really even a shining moment. I mean, you could say. Let it all hang out as a nice guitar lick. Talk about actually a good guitar lick that isn't a solo. That's a good example of it. That's pretty green album, to be honest with you. That's like that's way too interesting for green album, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it's actually it is kind of like knock down, drag out. Exactly. Serving the same function, if yep. not similar melodically. Yeah. 
And he really makes it squeal like pinch harmonica. He does. He does. It's not a good tone to me. No. It's played well, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so so, so they, get a, they get a three for that. What else have we not talked about? Um, what did you give? Listenability. Tresh. Three. Oh, I thought that, you were holding up a zero. No, no, no. Tresh means three in Portuguese. Ah, there you go. Yeah, that's Portuguese. Portuguese. <laughs> uh, yeah, three seems fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because uh, there's basically uh, one song on it that I'm excited to hear. And it's at the beginning, and then it's over. Gotcha. Gotcha. At least it gets your foot in the door. It's like the opposite of the Make Believe with Beverly Hills. Yep. It's exactly <laughs> like that. Um, so then that leaves us with songs. Yeah, what was your number, your average song? Average of the 10 songs was 4.7. Wow, mine was 4.3. Dang. I can't We're believe right you gave higher than I did, but I, 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 gave, uh, I gave a 1 here. Oh, did you? And a 1.5 and a 2. So I don't have, I have, let's see. It's funny, these scores aren't even that that horrible. I've got a 3 and I've got two twos. Okay. And a bunch of 4s. So that's kind of why it came down. But uh, my 2s are The Girl Got Hot and Love is the Answer. Those are my 1 and 1.5, so I was just there a little you harsher. There You're you a more moderate person mm-hmm. than I am, just yeah. generally. And then I gave, if you're wondering, an 8. Because I love it. Yeah, I gave it a 7.5. That was there my second go. highest rated on the mm-hmm. album. The, uh, my highest rate is I Don't Want to Let You Go, which got an 8. Nice. I gave that a 7. So pretty low highest score, similar to green if you think about it. Yeah. But the lows were so much lower. Yeah. I also put Put Me Back Together as a 7. I have a little I gave it a 6.5. Nice. Soft, I don't hate it. Bad lyrics, but good performance, good vocal. I, lo- I love the melody good of the melody. vocals in the chorus. Yep. G- glorious chorus, honestly. Mm-hmm. What did you give Trippin' on the Freeway and Let It All Hang Out? Oh, yeah. Um, Let It All Hang Out is a four. Uh-huh. And Trippin' Down the Freeway is also a four. Okay. I gave those both five. So, again, just a little more extreme. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, that's funny. Let It All Hang Out, I lost it. I hadn't heard that song in a while. When he gets to that bridge. <laughs> Going out with my homies? Or, no, the bridge. The, oh. you know, the, uh, drinking uh, vitamin water, you know, that whole <laughs> thing. Energy flavor, take me to your daughter. Oh, that's that song. That's that song. For some about, like, reason, going out I, on the weekend I, with your homies. Yeah, for some reason, I always in uh, remember the <laughs> drinking vitamin water and bring it to your daughter as being part of uh, tripping. Can't can't stop partying. Oh yeah, but I know, it's not, right? But it's, it's this not. is the other uh, right. Jermaine Dupri exactly. Tri- yeah, because in when they're in the club, they're drinking Grey Goose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not vitamin water. No, never get the two confused. I genuinely think when he was like writing those lyrics. Someone was just drinking a vitamin water, and it was just sitting out there, and he just like looked at it and started singing. Oh, it's got to be. Got to be. <laughs> got to be. But that uh, really made yeah. me laugh, and, and the cums made me laugh. Come, come, come. Like, it's like Jesus. It's like the coconut thing. <laughs> it's way worse than the coconut yeah, thing. Yeah, I know it is. It is. It's really funny. You know what I saw on, on YouTube not too long ago? I somehow missed it. I didn't see it pop up on social media. Uh, when it was first posted, but someone edited together a super cut of every time River sings the word come. No, they, uh, of course they did. It's it, the internet. Uh. It was so, I was, and my, my first thought was like, why didn't we think to do this? This would have been amazing. But it was a really fun one. I almost sent it. I don't know why I didn't, but it, it, it really it really tickled me. And, and obviously, when you get to this song, there's like 12 of them. <laughs> it's like every come in the song. <laughs> 
That's too much. Oh, it's, it is absolutely too much cum. So, <laughs> Ratitude, that feels like enough about that. Uh, why would we talk about it more? Yes. Let's get into even worse albums by our standards. <sighs> we only have two left, folks. And I would say, you know, considerable drop-off here even. Crazily enough. Mm -hmm, So we're mm -hmm. going to number 13, and coming in at number 13 with a score of 36.05, it's the Black Album. Even MC Metacritic didn't feel that strongly about it. I want to know. I want to know. So we gave it a 36. Obviously, it probably wasn't that low. But what do you think? No, very rarely even at Metacritic have scores that look like like sub 40. Yeah. So that being said, I'll call it a 43. 53. Ah. So crazily, of the six albums we've talked about so far, MC gave Make Believe a lowest score. Did I say lower or lowest? It doesn't matter, but that was a 52. So Black got a 53, Ratitude a 57. Mm, I firmly, firmly disagree. Disagree with that one. I know. I I firmly disagree with that, too. I think they should both be lower, (laughs) (laughs) obviously, by our scores. We also didn't give our breakdown. You get, like you said, 23.65. Yeah. You gave it. I gave it a 12.4. So, like, half of what you gave it. So yeah. I'm very curious to, to go through this breakdown real quick and see. Where do you want to start? It's totally up to you. Well, since it's like one of my favorite albums, I guess <laughs> <laughs> I guess let's start with uh let's start with songs. Sounds great. Uh one of the lowest scoring categories <laughs> that I gave it. 2.4. Average? 2.4 average song score on Black. Yep. Jeez. Yeah, I was I didn't really hold back and I wasn't being vindictive. I have two sevens on this record. So keep that in mind, right? Ten song record. I have two sevens and the score is still 2.4. Not good. I know your lowest is piece of cake, but maybe you have ties down there. I have four ones. Jesus There are four ones on this record. Okay, Hustle, Zombie Bastards, Piece of Cake, and Byzantine. Very close. Oh, damn. Yep, you got got Byzantine. It's not Zombie. No, no. I actually gave Zombie Bastards a three. Okay. I think that's better than this this low tier. My my ones are can't knock the hustle. I'm just being honest. Too many thoughts in my head. Ah, Byzantine. Gotcha. Yeah, I find all of those songs incredibly annoying. Like mm. actively, I do not want to listen to them. Yeah. And there aren't honestly. Obviously, we're a little biased because we're obsessed with. Well, I shouldn't. We're not even obsessed with Weezer, but we like Weezer <laughs> plenty. It's not overstated. <laughs> They're um, all right. <laughs> but like even most of the time, even if it's not a great. Weezer song, I'm still like, fine, I'll listen. Yeah. This, yeah, no, not on this one. Yeah. I can't do it. I just can't do it. This one is uh, in the three way tie for largest range, mm. which is 8.5. So okay. I have some really high shit and some really low shit. You definitely have one. At least one, one. At least. No one. What? 1.5. Give me a break. Hustle's a 1.5. I can't believe you gave that 1.5. It's so much worse than that. that's at least like 0.5 worse than that dude so so here's the question you're giving half points do you have any songs that are less than one no okay no i think we established that no i didn't go under one i didn't give any zeros you know Mm -mm. uh i should have thought about it but just the mere fact of a song being written i think i just respect that That, (laughs) it, it deserves one for existing if i wrote a song you might think otherwise (laughs) <laughs> but here's the deal this song this album also has one of my rare tens i know, i can't wow i'm i'm surprised eh, i'm a little surprised by high as a kite that you would give it a full-on 10 yeah well i actually love the production i think the songwriting itself is great it is a good song the bridge mm-hmm. fascinating yeah yeah dynamic bold you could say the choruses should be a little bit bigger maybe more distorted more rocking 
Yeah. Uh, more Weezer-y. But it's just not that, that kind of song. So I'm into it just being, it's dynamic, but not heavy. Yeah. Maybe it's walking the line too much. So maybe it's a 9.5 for production. But like, frankly, all the other production flourishes, the drum sound, where the bass sits in the mix, the sonic touches in the bridge. I would like it by anyone. And I love it by Weezer. I'm Do you have anything even close to that? My next closest is 7.5. You're going to hate it, but I, it holds up to me as much as I have lyrical reservations. And still 7.5 isn't great, but um, piece of cake. Wow. Okay. Really cool bridge, good chord progression, good sound, nice vocal. A lot that I like about that. And I have a decent amount of like fives and 5.5s and six, you know, like it's a middle tier record. One thing that was surprisingly low for me was California Snow, which I only gave a 6.5. Mm-hmm. We talk about it like it's a really great song. And in the context of Black, it's one of the more compelling songs. Yeah. But, but it wasn't even supposed to be on there. Or really, it's the, it's the one song that was supposed to be on there and everything else wasn't supposed to be on there. Because <laughs> that's the Black, that's the dark nighttime music. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that song. It's not great. No, it's not great. But I tied it with Piece of Cake. Right. I had a, yeah. Yeah, they're both sevens. No, not Piece of Cake. Or no, no, what did I say? Hi, Zakai. My apologies, everyone. Um, but it's weird. Like, and for me, it, like, this is probably why we're so polarized here on this album. Uh, or I'll say this. We both heavily dislike it for different reasons. Because mm. I gave Byzantine a 6.5. What the fuck? I gave Too Many Thoughts in My Head a 6.5. My God, what is happening? Those, to me, are interesting. Sure. And by other bands, I would actually really like them. There are songs, Feels Like Summer. Interesting, but I wouldn't like it by anyone. That's mm. not a song that I would like, you yeah. know? But when I hear th- these other songs, I go like, well, those are quirky, funky, or pop-rocky, or just, just again, just quirky songs. I mean, I like some quirky music. I'm not, it's not all about Sad Bastard. And I like being surprised. And those keep me on my toes. They do. You know? And I actually just really like the drums on, on uh, Too Many Thoughts. Mm. And, and I don't think that... The, I think the chorus is actually pretty strong. The bridge, vocally, uh, it's not great, you know? And I still, I only gave it a 6.5. It's not like I love it, but I think it's better than most people think it is. And then I just don't think much of Sammy Bastards, Hustle. Those are the two lowest yeah, by a very, mile. Very not so good. Yeah. <laughs> Living in LA, I ended up giving a 5.5. I didn't like how it sounded. I actually like River's vocal sound on it, the slightly distorted thing, but uh, there's a lot of production flourishes that would have put it right at home on Pacific Daydream, which I think is a much worse produced album than Black. Let's get into that. Let's actually talk about production and sound as we get into our categorical breakdowns. By the way, my average score was 5.65 there, so considerably higher than yours, but really just buoyed by uh, High as a Kite. 
Definitely. And a lot of five. A lot to of moderate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like green album. Yep. That's it crazy. doesn't hold together, but because the lows are so low, but you know, that's that's just how I feel about it. I don't know. That's okay. You are allowed to have your opinion, and I will never knock you for that. My highest category, mm. production and sound. Oh wow, okay. Which I gave a seven. Because it's not quite classic generous, Weezer or anything. Quite generous, but know. Dave Sitek on this album, the tones are pretty cool. The rhythm section is treated really well. The bass sounds really good. I really like how he double tracks River's voice throughout the album and hard pans it left and right. That's just a new sound for Weezer, and I think it actually serves these songs really well. Mm. And even though I don't like Can't Knock the Hustle, I think it sounds cool. Uh, yes. Like, you know, it, it sounds good. It's as much a production as it is a piece of songwriting. Definitely is. On a production level, I like it so much more than as a piece of songwriting. Yeah. It's just uh, like a lamer version of any good pop song. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, like mixed with some Beck. I know. know it just sounds. There's something about it that sounds like they're just like either like trying too hard. Like I don't like those fake horns. Yeah, or maybe they're real. Maybe, they maybe I don't know. I just I don't like that sound. I don't like how they're trying to almost go for like like reggaeton or like you know yeah Latinx style beat. Yeah, but then and I don't know. No, it's cultural appropriation. I don't think it's a good song. I don't think it's well-written. I wouldn't want to... But the thing is, if it was done by a, a Latin artist, it'd be like a totally valid Latin song. It's right. just like, you're fucking Weezer. Yeah, I know. Not only should this not be on the album, it's a single? Get out of here. You're playing this at an outdoor hockey game like on NBC? <laughs> Get off my TV. Yeah, not about it. Yeah. Not about it So that you know, that's really bad. But, but again, a kind of a cool tone. Like, mm-hmm. cool sound for yep. me. And I certainly... Even still, like, before, I really... Loved how California Snow sounded, like the yeah. the bass is super bassy and the and the kind of the pix- swirling pixelated sense. swirl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but going back and listening to it, I didn't. I wasn't as in love with it as yeah. I once was in terms of sounding amazing. Right. So I gave production and sound a three. Maybe Ooh. it's a little brutal. It's, it's cer- what did you get? Pacific Daydream. Pacific Daydream. Production and sound eight. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so we are completely on opposite ends. There. Yep. Yeah. Big time. The thing with Black Album to me. With some exceptions, but it actually breathes. And I don't feel that way about Pacific Daydream. I don't think the guitars sound that great. I mm. don't have much of a feeling about the drums, but they, they don't sound great. You know, where on this album, I go, man, if you played me High as a Kite, this is the verses of High as a Kite with the bass, drum. That's true. I do love how Piano combination. I would be like, that sounds awesome. And I don't know when it's from. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And you cannot say that about Pacific Daydream, besides maybe Sweet Mary. But it clearly, that's an homage uh, yeah. you know, to a certain style, where Heisekite's kind of like drawing from a lot of different styles. It's this hybrid, this amalgam of all these different sounds. So I just think there's more distinction. Like, there's no other album that really sounds like Black Album by Weezer or otherwise. No, that collection not at all. Of things. Um, is it what I want from Weezer all the time? Fuck no. I mean, not by a long shot. But tonally and texturally, it's really not bad to me and and at times very good even on songs i don't like i'm with you what else is going on maybe, with Black? I, was a, maybe I was a little harsh no no no. you never but, liked but, how it sounded you're consistent like i'm not yeah. i'm not trying to convince i was a little you harsh just... but at the same time i uh it wouldn't have changed anything no no it wouldn't have changed where it fell no <laughs> even if i were to bump it a point or two here or there uh let's see prowess prowess mm. <laughs> dose I gave Does. it a two. I gave it a I two. I gave it a, a four myself. Yeah. No, not not a whole lot to talk about. No, we can kind not of really. glaze over that. It is probably it is. could have been lower. Sure, me, sure. Honestly. Sequencing, cohesion, 
I gave it a I gave it a four. Me too. Because it kind of it does bounce around a lot. It, it I think it holds together weirdly well. I know I know exactly what you mean. It could it, almost it, be a five. Like it, yeah. it, it, it holds together, but the the stylistic differences between tracks is yeah. pretty drastic, and yet it still sounds like a record. A bit of an achievement when you yeah, think about it. I know I know. Uh, but considering I, I, especially how kind of hodgepodge even the, just the from the initial concept to what it became. Right. You still listen to it. You go. Yeah, it's kaleidoscopic. Yeah. But. Too many thoughts, and I'm just being honest. And Byzantine and, and Prince—they actually all sound like they're from the same record. I know it is weird. It the is only weird. one that Which, doesn't is California Snow. Right, exactly. Because it's not. It's yeah. Really or, or High as a Kite. Yeah. Those are the two outliers. But High as a Kite is justified by the presence of piece of cake. Mm. Those come from the same being piano driven. Yep. Pockety kind of songs. Right. I think. Yeah. Well, High as a Kite certainly their most human sounding. Yeah. It's the most like full band. Yeah. Although that being said, when we heard him play it. In Albany live, it yeah. was not very good. Yeah, it was like fun. That was their debut. That was the first time they played it live. It did not sound good. <laughs> yeah, it shows. Yeah, <laughs> more practice. Uh, what have we not? What have we not talked about? We've talked well, about. We talked about production. We talked about cohesion. I think we, listenability. It's got to be oh, like a one yeah. for you. You know it. Was it a one? Mm-hmm. It was a three for me. It's the only one I gave in that category. Oh, uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Have we talked? Oh, the next one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I just, as much as it has redeeming qualities, I still don't like it as a collection of songs. Same. Yeah, the only time I would ever have to put it on, so like, let's say we're living in the 70s, and all we have are vinyls and records, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to put it on. The only reason I'd put it on is to hear High as a Kite in California Snow, and I don't even really want to hear them that badly. Right. And that's a lot of skipping to grooves. I know, like I got to pick. in a groove. Got to pick up that needle, move it where it needs to be. It's a lot of, a lot of hassle. I don't <sighs> need it. I don't need that. Bruh. Don't even get me started right now. Bruh, dude. Well, that's Black Album. That's it. And now we're at the bottom of our list, and we're about to wrap up this part one here. Mm. And obviously, it's Hurley. We are at Hurley, number 14 of 14, the lowest of the low. That being said, though, we'll talk about breakdown of scores. What is its numeric value? 34.8. And I, You know, I just had a thought about this album. Okay. It's a rare album whose title describes what it makes you want to do. Aw. That's so sad. Because this makes me want to fucking hurl. Right, I got it. 14.4! Mm, Low. That is almost as bad as what I gave Black. What did I give Hurley? 20.4. Yeah. So Which we basically, is lower than what I gave Black. There you go. That's why it's down here at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, just, it's just about two below Black. So they're, they're really close. Very close. But for completely different reasons from, from both of us. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, MC Metacritic... You gotta guess this one. We uh, talked about it before. Actually, well, on the isn't show. it something like relatively high, like sixty-eight or something? It's sixty-eight. Fucking a, I'm Chrissy, good. guess this. I finished my coffee. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah, I can. You shop. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I'm headed to the shop. Is That's that what right. Go get Armando's Meat Market right around the corner. I'll here. bring my bags. <laughs> That's right. And then off to Rumney. Mm. Um, yeah, this is bad. MC Metacritic gave it a sixty-eight. Because I think it was perceived as a return to form after Ratitude. It was a guitar record. It was, it was, just, it was a, guitar a guitar record. record. But God, but that's off. Bad, that is really off. Bad guitars, though. Let's start with the general categories. Eh? Yeah, huh. Right. Production and sound. It starts there. Yep. It almost starts and ends there. I know. I gave it a four, which is almost even too generous. I feel that's high. I gave it a 1.5. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's, I, that may be too generous. This is, unlistenable to me unlistenable i mean the, for all my criticisms of wow. albums that we've talked about in this episode this is the only one i would deem 
borderline unlistenable. There's things that I wish were produced differently. This one is hurts me. There's not a single good sounding song on it. No, there, there's a couple good sounding songs. That's why it's 1.5. But uh, like just as a whole, just the approach, the 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 ethos of the production style on this record is so fucking wrong and weird. Yeah. Yeah, I got very it, little good things to say about this. You know what hurts me with this stuff. record too? I'm sorry. Is this theoretically is music I like. What do you I mean? L- I like fuzzed out rock and roll. I like yeah. garage rock. Like, yeah, but it has to be a good melody. It has to have good chord progressions. Yeah. It has to be produced well. Yeah. And this, this like, has none of it. This tried so hard to sound bad that it sounded worse than something that sounds bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're going for something and they just didn't, didn't do it well. And you know what's crazy? This is probably of all the producers they work with, mm-hmm. save for one. This is probably my favorite producer. Who produced this record? Uh, Sean Everett, okay. who is known for producing Alabama Shakes, Sound and Color, which is one of the best sounding albums of forever. Uh, and he produces The War on Drugs, mm. which is a really cool sounding album. If not, you know, it, they got their thing going on, but it's a, it, their tones are great. And then he makes an album that sounds like this. Everything else he works on, I'm always into. And I love his approach. I like mm. him. I watch videos of him like talking about mixing techniques. Like He is someone I admire. A lot of it must have come from Rivers and him being like, I want it to sound like this. And, yeah. and he's like, are you sure? I th- Well, yeah, I think. Or who knows? He likes boldness. He does like boldness. And this was just one direction of boldness to go. He's this gone a lot of different direction. directions of boldness. But yeah. this was just a terrible direction to me. Um, so Hurley, so production sound 1.5. Though I will say, as a result, sequencing cohesion, I gave it a six. Hey, I gave it a seven. It actually because <laughs> everything is where it needs to be. It is. I know it's an it's, o- a, good it's a weirdly. Flow. Se- I know it's so <laughs> this is so weird. weird. I'm How glad. I'm so really right? glad we both found yes. this. Yeah, everything flows. It it is a well sequenced record. Really well sequenced and uh, and and cohesive. Yeah, it works. Even the weird stuff works where where it's placed. Right. Like so, a yeah. pink velour jumpsuit or whatever is cohesive too, but I don't want to wear it. True that. <laughs> well, actually, sounds comfy. Certainly. Velour? Yeah. I, I've never owned a velour. Yeah, no, take it back. I want that. Yeah. I don't want Hurley still, but I gotta go shopping. I'm going to the shop. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put that on my list. I know what to get you for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Picks to follow. Um, okay, so yeah, I'm so glad we aligned on that because yeah, weirdly, really, really funny. the pacing of slow songs versus fast songs, the pacing of contrasting heavy songs, it's there. I know. It's there. Yes. And they suck at sequencing sometimes. Really, they've kind of <laughs> lost their knack for it. But on this album, man, that's one thing they had going on. I know. We've always talked about how Blue is like arguably one of the greatest sequence records of all time yeah. and, uh, and how good they are at it. And they lost it, but then they brought it back for their worst record. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Weird homage I, to their glory days. You know how much we love an homage. Tell me about what you think about the their musicality on this record. How it, well did they play it? It's among the lowest. I gave mm, it a two. Two. Okay. I did give it a four. It's not even like a guitar solo. Yeah, not really. But I mean, Pat's playing guitar, right? Is this still Pat playing? I, I lost track, honestly. I never think about it. I know, because they, they kind of started switching up. And Josh Freeze was playing right. drums. Uh, that was know. on Ratitude, for sure. sure. I don't know about this. I don't really know, and I honestly don't care. I don't fucking care. I can't believe you gave it that. It should be lower, I think. It probably should, but it's already at the bottom spot, so it doesn't matter. Doesn't anyway. matter. <laughs> doesn't matter at all. Uh, let's see. Okay. 
Listenability. Yeah, one. Uno. Terrible. Lowest. Can't. Never want to. Worst one. Would, ha- would be happy never to again, especially because, and we'll get into songs in a moment. I mean, right, Memories is even, so brutal. Oh, it's bad. Even Ratitude has songs I'm like, I don't want to lose this. Yeah. I don't want to live my whole life and, and have the possibility of never hearing yeah. it. Basically being, if you want me to, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I want you to want me. Yeah, I want you to want me. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, Hurley has nothing. Nope. There, there's not a single song and I'm like, oh yeah, that one. My highest scoring song was was uh, Hang On, which I gave a six. Hang On is such a pleasant surprise. Surprisingly not horrible. Good song. I gave that a six as well, though I do have one that's higher. You know what it is. Actually, you'll be between two, but what do you think? Uh, you probably gave... And it's only slightly... I gave it a 6.5, this song that I'm talking about, so... You gave Hang On a six. Yep. And your 6.5, what the hell could possibly be higher? I mean... Prob- it comes up a lot. It's almost like a running joke. Oh, it's Where's My Sex, right? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, Brave New World, bruh. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. What's your lowest, then? Well, my lowest is Time Flies. Yeah. What'd you give it? One? One. Smart Girls a two. Mm. Um, you know, pretty small range here, but it's because the highs aren't high. 5.5 range. A 3.9 total uh, average. Yeah. 3.2? 3.9. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, I don't know how I heard nine. I gave it a... Th- uh, yeah, no, my- you didn't hear nine. <laughs> Strike that, reverse it. <laughs> what did you give it? 3.4. Okay. Three, yeah, four. pretty so similar. We're, we're pretty close. Yeah, train wrecks. Uh, train wrecks is my lowest. Yeah, I give that a four. I I do not hate that song like you. I did. don't know, and it, I don't even know why I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I I can't quantify it. I don't think it's that bad. It's, it's one of my least favorite produced songs on the album. That's for sure. It's you don't like his vocals. I hate his vocals on it. It's like worse than Billy Joe Armstrong. Right. He's trying to sound like Billy Joe, but it's like just worse. Right. There's some decent lyrics in that song, and I like the theme. We sleep all day and rock the night. Well, that's not one of the great lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. No, uh, what, what do you like from it? I, 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 we kiss and then we bite, I like. Is that what it is? Kiss and then we bite? I think that's a good yeah, line. That's probably, yeah, that's decent. I've been in relationships like that. Toxic. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like the biting during kissing. Mm. That's not what it is. I mean, it's well, a about, metaphor well, about a little for... nibble. Just a little nibble. On the bottom lip. Not on my lip. <laughs> this is a video podcast. <laughs> Thank God it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, so Trainwreck is a four, um, but that one that's a 6.5, you want to take one more stab at it? We've talked about most of the songs now. Is it Unspoke? Unspoken? Unspoken. <laughs> uh, no, that's a six as well. Ooh. I don't like how it sounds when, it, when the band kicks in. I, I, Ruling me? 
No, I don't actually like. I, I couldn't even guess at this point. Then Runaway Baby, huh? Shit sounds good. That's the only song in the album that really sounds good to me. Wow, I gave that a three. I know. I no one likes that. Song. I don't like it. I know. I, okay. Cool intro. I love the melody, but I don't like how washed out his voice. I don't like. I, the, like I don't like the production on That's that. That's almost the only good lo-fi song on the album. It, it was like the right amount because it breathes a little bit for me. For me, did we already talk about time flies? I gave it a one. We God, said that it sucks so bad. Unlistenable. The Un- most unlistenable, unlistenable Weezer song ever. I think. Uh, greed. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hate it so bad. Ugh. <laughs> that was on our black album, Boulevard. Really oh, high. Oh yeah. Um, what'd you get, Brave New World? I think a three. Yeah, I gave it a four. I I, I remember liking it more. I didn't like it as much as I used to. It's not nearly as good as the novel it's based on. No, no, no. Aldous was really onto something there. He was. Aldous. Yeah. That about wraps up one. Talking about Hurley, probably forever. If, I, I couldn't see it coming up again. I hope not. Because even if we do other superlatives. We could basically, you know what we could do? It's basically like uh, like best worst movie when we always yes. talk about like the worst of the worst yeah. that are like entertaining. And granted, I don't think Hurley's so bad that it's entertaining. I think it's just so bad that it's bad. <sighs> Ratitude's so bad that it's entertaining. Yes, exactly. Yep, yep, totally. It, they hit in a very different way. Mm-hmm. As, uh, as the Gen Zers would say, Ratitude just hits different. <laughs> This one just hits different. Uh, uh-huh. um, but yeah, no, it, I guess we could do like the Hurl, Hurl Fest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just pitting like the worst records yeah. of the of the mid 2000s against amazing. Hurley. That could be our next podcast. Yeah. That wouldn't be very fun to do, though. I wouldn't want to listen to it. No, me neither. It'd be as unlistenable as Hurley itself. Um, memories, just a quick note about memory, Memories. That really is a song that I should like. Like I like music again, like that. I really that, do. Uh, I that hate is the a unison, terrible song. The unison, like synth line with the the melody of the yeah. cor- the vocal melody of the chorus. I yeah. There's nothing about that song I like. Yeah, I don't mind that like you do, but the vocals destroy it for me yeah. for sure, and the mix destroys yeah. it for me. Some of the lyrics are actually kind of. I know the beginning, good. like back when Audio Slave was still raised. Good like, line, like decent. Well, granted, those are the kind of things that like date songs. Absolutely, it, it takes away from the timelessness. But of it. specificity, I, I it think hits. that's good specificity for me. Sure. I actually do. Yeah, yeah, and and when I first heard it, like the very first time, way way back when we were recording our our breakdown of the record. I was kind of like, okay, yeah. all right, I could see it, I could see it. It has and not held up. No. no really no. rough listen. I mean, it didn't really hold up after a second yeah. listen yeah, yeah, yeah. of the song. So, Yeah. Our memory may have failed us there. Indeed. Actually. Um, so let's review Yeah, our bottom seven Weezer records. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Pacific Daydream, with a score of 65.5. Number nine, Red, 63.85. Number 10, Green, 62.9. Number 11, Make Believe, 61.3. And now we leave the 60s for the bottom three. Number 12, Ratitude, 43. 13, Black Album, 36.05, big drop-off. And then kind of right on the heels of Black here, number 14, the worst Weezer album of all time, Hurley, 34.8. Out of 100, people. (laughs) Out of 100. Out of 100. For the record. That's an F. That's not good. All of these are not passing. Exactly. The only one passing is Pacific Daydream, 65.5. It's 0.5 over. Your school was, was 65 was a passing grade? I mean, it was a D, but like if you went below that, it was an F. Oh, wow. Yeah, my if school, I remember correctly, this is a long My one. schools didn't do Ds. Oh. Well, in the elder days. In the elder days. You guys didn't do Ds? Nope. C. <gasps> oh, but. You, you get a 70, you get a did C. You, but did you, do, did you do Ds? Not me. 
did you have your D done? Yeah. So anyway, we're getting punchy here, and we haven't even done part one yet, and we're going to try to do it here in one sitting, but I don't know if that's going to happen well, now. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Um, but uh, I hope you all enjoyed this. We are at Wheeze Talking Wheeze on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And we's talking wheeze at gmail.com. Go ahead and quantify your results and send us send them your way. I want to know. Um, if you want to try to make it close to us, round up your best Weezer friend uh-huh. and do it together. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> or want... just do out of 50 and then multiply by two. <laughs> sure. But that's way less fun. <laughs> These are Weezer listeners. They do not have friends. That's a good point. They wouldn't be listening to us. I'm just joking. We love our <laughs> listeners. And I think uh, most people listening to the show are people like us. And we actually weirdly have friends. <laughs> <laughs> weirdly. Yes, Go we do. figure. Yes, we do. But um, I guess we'll close out uh, part one here and say stay tuned for part two mm-hmm. coming soon to a podcast app near you. And on that note, I'll say this is Chris. And this is Chris. And we's just talked we's to thee. Bye. Bye. Bye.